Yo, yo. What's up? Say that again. Damn it. Can you hear me? Something's going on with my mic. Can you hear me clearly? Really? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, you can? Sounds like yeah, it sounds like you're on a regular mic. Oh, I thought it was something going on with the um Oh, I hear it now. Okay. Never mind. <clears throat> I'm gonna try to change this thing up. Got a new mic stand, like a desktop mic stand. Amazon. Like it's gonna tip over, but I think it's all right. No, I went to Micro Center yesterday, and they had these. It's like a, got like a weighted base. You can nice. You know, move this anywhere you want. Fifteen bucks, pretty good deal. Yeah, they seem to be getting just, cheaper and cheaper. I think everybody like after Radio Shack went away. Nobody was selling this shit except for like Amazon. So mm -hmm. I think people are starting to sell that shit now, like regular stores. <laughs> Get a little cash. Everybody so Micro Center sells like uh, they have audio cables there too. Not a ton, but they have a few. They have like a little aisle with some XLR, XLR to something converter, that kind of stuff. Damn. Cause that's usually, and they have like microphone, like windscreens and shit like that too. Hmm. I used to have to go to Radio Shack for that stuff. Hmm. Did y'all record this weekend? Yeah, we keep doing this thing where we only record one, but it's like three hours long. <clears throat> so we had, well, we we're supposed to have Charity and Frankie and they both bailed. So then Frankie was supposed to come back in later Like she had a meeting or something That got pushed back So she was going to be ready later But she, then um, Charity had like she's doing all this protesting Stuff and taking food to people So she had to do that So then Randolph got Mike B to sit in And mm -hmm. then Rod Sometimes comes into chat And mm -hmm. we just tell Rod it's like an open door Policy like if you want to come on screen just let us know we were talking about something like 15 minutes in and he was like yeah yeah put me on so then he sat in for the rest of it i don't think so he can like help hours it. yeah i mean there were i kind of felt like he first started coming in the chat we would always like tell him to come on like randolph would be like hey, get on screen and then yeah yeah i felt like that's a little unfair because he maybe he wants to just sit there and watch so i think we just started telling him like yeah anytime you want to come on tell us you want to come on but if mm -hmm. you want to sit in the chat and, you know, type up comments, then do that instead. That's fine. So now we just leave it up to him. Like, you know, anytime you want to pull off the sweats, you know, and jump in the game, you can. Yeah. And then because um, Mike B has done that, too. I think he came in the chat because they're both patrons. Like Mike B and Rod, like they pay the Patreon fee. Oh, really? And one time Mike B was in the chat. We were like, you want to come on screen? He was like, nah, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I'm just here to watch. I've done that. And then Dominic, Dominic's a patron. He'll pop in for like two minutes. So, cause I had to let people in on, in the, like the, out, out of the waiting room. And I always like, wait, I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, in a minute I'll ask Dominic if he wants to come on screen. I'll check and he's gone already. 
<laughs> he just pops in to check how it's going, see who we got on, but he doesn't <laughs> stick around. He, he wants to see if it's if it's any good before he <laughs> he yeah. uh he said he's gonna release um uh our episode this week so we'll see what happens but he kind of <laughs> is he gonna a, edit it though i don't know i don't know i told him to give it to me and i can edit some stuff i can make some clips for for us i mean i don't i don't know what he's trying to do but well he's learning us a thing like it's not gonna work for long for me he's <clears throat> he wants to learn how to use all that stuff because he doesn't want to rely on like other people like say hey can you hook up this file for me can you compress it or whatever so he's going through right. that like, i think he likes doing the edit himself because it helps him learn um it's the only way you're gonna learn how to do it is just doing it but he um he likes to tinker also. So the longer he has a clip, the more he's going to want to fuck with it. Yeah. Take, we were supposed to record. Actually, we weren't supposed to record. He asked me if he wanted to, if I could record this week, Monday and Thursday. Yeah. But he asked me Monday afternoon. I was like, I can't, I don't think I can do Monday night. And then, so we're recording Thursday. Mm -hmm. So he might put out what we do Thursday on Friday and he likes to have stuff in the can. So that whatever you did, the episode <laughs> you did with him three weeks might ago, just stay in the can. I don't know. Yeah. It probably will stay in the yeah, can. Yeah. It's not that topical. That's the thing. If it's too, not topical. It's, doesn't matter. Yeah, it's evergreen, so it can last. I mean, we were talking about 1996, so yeah, you can't. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> but what you were saying about like shows or whatever, like um, I went to go see Seton, and I probably I was gonna just start with us talking, but I probably have to cut this part out. But I yeah, went yeah. to go see Seton and um, at the Draft House, <laughs> and Haywood was opening for him. <laughs> so yeah we didn't uh, book that <laughs> oh i didn't think so and um yeah seaton was like oh are you going up too i was like nah i just i came to watch <laughs> <laughs> going up is how was the crowd um the crowd was that's the biggest crowd i've seen there since all of this stuff started so okay 20 30 people almost that's and uh we did a show last week, me, uh, Ramin, what's the guy, Danny Ruye yeah. and Wendy. And there were, there yeah. were 12 people there, 12, 14. Yeah. I was texting there, with Ramin about that. He was like, he was like, how many people are coming to the draft house? And I told him like Martin drew a lot. Yeah. That's he has Martin his, though. He has his local audience. He's got the locals yeah. in there young that, too. I don't know. So was it, that Seton show was a two man show, or did he add someone else on the show? Just two men. Did he give like time to anybody else? Mm -mm, okay, just him and uh, I mean, he was he trying to give me time, but I was like, nah, I'm not gonna. I don't feel like going up. I got to be in the right mind mindset now. Yeah, it's like, I mean, yeah, I mean, stuff. I, I'm the same way. Like, <laughs> it's just old. Yeah, it's just it's it a, feels yeah, I can't old. breathe life into some of those old old things. No. And it's not even that old. Some stuff, it, only since, like, if, if you wrote it in early March, that's six months ago. That's not an old bit. Yeah. But, but I don't even remember totally what those different. are anymore. You yeah, said I got to watch some old tapes. Yeah. I'm putting this thing together, so I'm going to be mean, watching some really, really old sets of me. So. Yeah. I mean, like, from when I – I think I've recorded – how much – how much – 
time do you think you've recorded of yourself? Not a ton. I, I always have a camcorder. I've always owned a camcorder, but I haven't really been the type to set up a camera every set like a lot of people do. Because I just rely on, I don't even record on my phone that much. I mean, there's a few really? sets on my phone, not a ton. And then I bought a 4K camcorder maybe in February, which I spent 500 bucks. I think I remember I that one. Use it. Yeah. Yeah. I can barely, I've, I use that just because I was testing it out. I use it a few times at like the the Beer Baron uh, comedy loft open mic in the basement at Magoobies when I was there oh, in yeah. late February. So mm-hmm. I've got a few recent sets. So if there's any new bits, I, I at least have that recorded. Yeah. But I'm, I've never been the type to just set up a camera because I knew I, I did that, I think, for a little while early on. I was like, I'm, I don't watch this shit. It's not going to help. I have a good memory. I remember the set. I'll remember like the new premise or the new tagline that I came up with. I never really watch the tape, you know, it just sits there. Yeah. It'd be nice to have it now for like a retrospective, but. That's that's exactly yeah. what I'm putting together. I mean, it's going to be, yeah. I think you told, you told me that, or you talked to me about that. And I said, Oh, I have old videos of me when I first started. So. Right. Yeah. I have, I mean, I have, I have video every time I worked the improv in the early days. I recorded it. Yeah. Not the very, like what happened was a group of us. It was like, there was like nine of us. They were all like a click. Mm -hmm. And we literally all went in together and bought a camcorder together, like in 99. (laughs) And um, because at that point it was just the improv and why Zaker. So the chances were that only one of us would ever need the camera at any given time. It's like, Hey, I got a week coming up, bring the camera to, wise acres i'll take it this week yeah. it would always stay with me because i had like the more the most central location from where everybody lived uh, and so starting at that point i was recording every weekend at the improv like i have a shoebox full of like mini dv tapes oh shit. it just has like the name of the headliner from like 2001 you know so i have a bunch and i think i have a few from like some of those guys who recorded, but then I just wound up keeping the tape for whatever reason. Did everybody live? But I didn't. Like nobody lived in DC. Nobody lived in DC back then. <laughs> nobody. It DC seems was... like everybody lived outside of DC. And then when I started, I think people were starting to move to DC, or there were more people in DC. But yeah, and there were different cliques then. Yeah, like the basically with the people my age, like the people who were like 23, 24, when, I, when, like when I started going to Wiseacres, I was 23. Oh, okay. Yeah, Rob Mayer, I mean, Mike Stork. Um, yeah. Stork. You know, there's some people that don't do comedy anymore, but when I, f- when I first started going to Wiseacres, I was 23, so past college age. Yeah. And then everyone else was around the same age, 24, 25, maybe 26. Like our little group came two, three year span. And one, one person was 21. That was it. Mm. And so McClure. everybody in that age group just lived in the suburbs. Yeah. They just lived in the suburbs. And if they worked anywhere, they might work in DC. They might work in Annandale. They might work in Fairfax somewhere. And so people weren't just moving to DC at that age to yeah. be city people. You know, DC yeah. wasn't really gentrified yet. And and when I first did Comic wow. Back when I was 19, 
Like there were the people who were living in DC were like college students who were doing comedy or people, a lot of people from Southeast were doing comedy. Like the scene was very black at that point. And like all, like every comic, uh-huh. every black comic had a bit about Southeast. <laughs> it was like a <laughs> rite of passage to write a bit about it. Yeah. But they were like, those were the DC people, people who grew up in DC. They didn't move to yeah. DC when they turned 23 or whatever. And yeah. then, um, yeah, at some point it seemed like everybody started first. It seemed like everybody started moving closer to DC, like Arlington, Alexandria, Alexandria. Arlington. Yeah. You saw people living closer and closer. I kind of remember that and too. And people just started living in DC. Yeah. Yeah. Like that click, that sort of Oh four click with like Rory and, and you know, I mean, Danny Rhea grew Me? up in DC, but like Ryan yeah. lived in Woodbridge. You were part of that. Yeah. Like, Rory lived in Old Town, you know. So yeah, I remember in Alexandria. So some people were like creeping closer to the city. Who and then were it just your? Became, now it's like people live in the city and. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I cut people you just live in the city and they don't even own cars. They're like city people. They don't have yeah. a car. They just take public transportation like that. Yeah. We didn't have any of that. I remember uh, that, that when age. people were trying to go out to Virginia, they were like, "Can you take me home to?" De-? I'm like, "Dog, I live 15 minutes from here." 10 minutes from here <laughs> right i'm not driving you yeah, all the like way to, to find a way to, to get back. to virginia yeah <clears throat> to get to that open mic and then sean opened yeah. um big hunt and then that you know that was that was it who and was in your had, once once sean's rooms go ahead my, oh yeah my my crew when i start well like when i first started yeah in 94 when i was 19 um Jay Phillips was around. He was new. Oh yeah, okay. He had been doing it a little bit longer than me. He was he's like a year or two. He's like two years older than me, maybe, and he had mm-hmm. been doing it like a year or two longer. Um, a lot of people who aren't around anymore, though. Like a yeah. lot of those people from that era just aren't around. I'd have to really think about who's still around from that era. There's a couple people still around. Mm-hmm. Um, people like Joe Recca were already like pros. Like they weren't hitting yeah. up the open mics every week. You yeah. Know? So Joe Recca was like, I didn't even know. I don't know if I met him. I might have met him back then, but I didn't see him a lot. You know, he was mm-hmm. just like a name that I heard. Like, oh, yeah, Joe Recca, he's like a pro, you know. Yeah. The, the terminology was different. They had terms like uh, <laughs> he's a local pro. Local pro was a term. Yeah. So, like, I feel like a local – there was a few local pros. Like, Dave Tullis was a local pro. <laughs> yeah. He featured, like <laughs> – First featured white in the, guy to do Def Jam. One, I don't know if he was the first though. Like a lot of people claim the first. I think Rich Voss might be the first. It was between but those Dave was two. Dave was one of the first. But I don't think did they yeah. air Dave Tullis? Yeah, I, I remember I watched it. He got a standing ovation. I mean, he killed in black rooms. Really he killed. So, wow, he was a killer. When I first started, he was he was a killer. And um, what happened? And almost there were so many black rooms. If you were white and you could kill in black rooms, there was just was more it. work for you in DC because there was so many. Yeah. And um, he was like, you know, a couple years ahead of me in, in starting comedy. He was like established on the scene, mm-hmm. but he was a killer. And then all the rooms started shutting down like late. Grand opening? Six. Grand like, closing. <laughs> Garfield improv was around at that point. Yeah. Garvin's Garvin's, Garvin's was gone already. Oh, yeah. Wow. Garvin's on L street was gone. I think the, the DC draft house is near that old Garvin's, which isn't Sheesh. there anymore. Uh, that's where like Pat Oswald Chappelle and those guys would go. 
That was their yeah. spot. And then Wiseacres and Tyson's used to be Garvin's for a while too. I never went there back then, but it was still around. Oh shit. And then the comedy cafe was my spot every Wednesday. They closed in late 96. <laughs> um, it just closed. <laughs> I had just gotten to the point of like getting a weekend. Like I hadn't worked my first weekend, but I was on the books for one. And then they oh. like had, they brought their own guy. So they moved me. Like I was at that point, I was about to get my week yeah. and they closed. And then um, there was a club called Slapsticks in Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, S-L-A-P-S-T-I-X, which was <laughs> where the Baltimore Improv was. And then oh, wow. the Comedy Factor was at the Power Plant Room. Yeah. So Slapsticks was that late 96. I had gone, they had a Sunday night showcase. I had done it like, they were like, you got to do that at least three times before we work you. Oh. I had just done my third one. <laughs> like, oh, God. And like I had done well and, you know. Oh, man. And, uh, and then so, they shut down, like, you know, it's one of those things where you don't even, there's no social media. There's no, no one's texting each other. You just call. Yeah. And it's like, this oh, that's number close. is no longer in service. You're like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> right. Nobody told you. Nobody. No one knows what happened. Sent you anything. <laughs> no one knows. Like, you run into a comic, like, weeks later. They're like, oh, yeah, I, I heard they closed. Like, everyone just heard. Like, nobody even knows what happens to these rooms. Yeah. Uh, slapstick shut down. There was a club called Headliners. It had two rooms. They had Headliners. one original and bethesda and they had one in um alexandria they stuck around until about 98 99 uh chip franklin and jim bishop ran those rooms chip franklin chip franklin is he moved to la he has a radio show i think now yeah um but they got one i don't know what happened to him yeah yeah nice guy uh they ran headliners yeah nice guy you know I, i didn't get to know him that well Mm-hmm. But like that room stuck around a bit, but the room's just like just shutting down around that. Mm. And then, so I kind of stopped doing comedy. It was during that time when I stopped doing comedy that I saw Dave Tullis. I was like watching TV one night, probably like 95, 96, you know, when comedy was beginning to slow down mm-hmm. and I hadn't been out doing comedy much. And I turned on the TV. There's this guy that I used to do open mics with every week, Dave Tullis getting a standing ovation on Def Jam. I was like, what, what? <laughs> And you, well, how like, that happen? I got to get back into this. I should have, because I was killing the black rooms too. Yeah, so I, like, I got to get back. Like, wait a minute. So it was just you and him. I mean, they came. <laughs> yeah, right. And then you, he took your they, spot. They came to DC and did a. They had a Def Jam audition, um, at the Comedy Cafe. It was like on open mic night. Oh, I'm and sure so they the did. Normal Wednesday, it became Def Jam audition night, and uh, what time did it I start? Eleven. <laughs> 11 p.m. on a you know Tuesday. <laughs> 38 people went up. Yeah. I remember this distinctly because I was like hot shot new comic. I was doing well. Um, everybody saw like, oh, okay, this guy's going to be, he's going to get on shit. He's going to do shit. He's going to get booked. You know, oh, okay. this was my, one of my first tastes of like shit not going right. Oh yeah. Cause I did, I showed up for the audition. I was, I was booked on, I showed up for the audition. And whoever was, I don't remember who was hosting it. It was like someone was hosting it, but someone else was running it and someone else was helping them run it. And I didn't uh, know one of the couple of the people. Uh, Everyone was the getting their hands in it. Yeah, that's what it is. And it was like, I kept getting, yeah, it was like a local manager that had his people on the show. And uh, um, he kept like adding people and they kept pushing me back. They yeah. kept like, uh, I was going, 
you know, ninth and they're like, Oh, we're going to plug in a couple people. And then next thing you know, I'm, I'm like 13th. And then, Oh, oh we're going to couple more people going to plug in. Next thing you know, I'm like 18th. And oh, we're, gonna, uh, we're getting you soon, man. We're getting you soon. Uh, we're going to plug in. Next thing you know, the Def Jam people have left. Yeah. You know, and half the crowd is gone. And then it's my turn. And like, what's yeah. the, what was the point of that? So that was like one, one of my first big, like, oh, it doesn't all go well moments. Yeah. And then another time, this was probably 94, 95. This was every Wednesday, I would go to the, to the comedy cafe. And then if you go up early, you could get in the car and run up to headliners in Bethesda and get a set late on their open mic because it was the same night. Mm. Every Wednesday, that was my team. And then for like a year and a half, you know, year and a half or more. Mm-hmm. And then the one time I worked at a restaurant, it was very hard to get more than one day off a week, you know? Mm-hmm. So this guy's father died. So they needed some of the work on Wednesday. <laughs> Cause this guy wasn't going to be able to work. I was like, yeah, that's kind of sad, man. I'll work. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll fill in. That's cool. Oh boy. And then, uh, um, I don't hear anything. The following week, I skip a Wednesday, the following week I show up and they're like, last week I was like, Oh, I had to work. They're like, Oh man, you missed we were it. all looking for you. <laughs> I was like, what, what happened? They said, Eddie Murphy well, came. <laughs> close they said uh what? they said well they said uh the club said oh, we're gonna watch the the show tonight whoever has the best set is gonna get the hosting spot for chris rock because oh, oh man like a month or two and and he was this was chris rock just after snl like he wasn't this was before bring the pain right right i was already a big fan mm-hmm. um and so it was like, whoever has the best set. And I was routinely having one of the best sets on Wednesday yeah. nights. I was killing it at that point. I had like hit a hot streak and um, they were like, Oh man, where were you? Yeah. <laughs> they said, whoever gets, and Jay Phillips wound up getting it, which was probably a better fit, mm-hmm. you know, anyway. And Jay Phillips was also killing it at that point. So it's not like I automatically would have gotten it, but it was like uneventful Wednesdays for a year. And then the one time, <laughs> It's eventful. <laughs> Some guy's father dies, so I skip it. And then another time it's eventful. I go, you know, there's a Def Jam audition. I go on like, you know, 28th probably. Yeah. And uh, and then the whole scene just shuts down. More or less, the whole scene shuts down. There were like sporadic shows in uh, like 96, 97. And um, 98, I got back in. And started going to Wiseacres, which was like a new club at that point. And so the crew then was, I mean, Rob Mayer started around the same time. Mike Stork, Mike Payne, um, Andy Campbell. I mean, some of these people don't do comedy anymore. Uh, Chad Heff. Sterling there? What's his last? I forgot his last name, but I just remember his first name was Sterling. Oh, Sterling Krause? No, he wasn't there yet. This was way before Sterling Krause. Sterling um, Krause, Brian McClure. <laughs> yeah, this was years before those guys. It was like four, six, five, eh, four or five years before them. And yeah, Brian McClure. Yeah, so Wednesdays was open mic night at Wiseacres. It was a new club. It had, it had been Garvin's, basically. Mm-hmm. And then the guy who ran it said, fuck this, I'm going to the beach. He moved to Ocean City or something like that. So... <laughs> 
he didn't want to he didn't want to he was just a hotel employee at, at the best western that had this comedy club in it yeah and so a little time went by and this guy matt who worked at the hotel had worked there when it was garvin's and kind of knew how to run a comedy club mm-hmm. decided to resurrect the comedy club <laughs> renamed it wiseacre started the open mic i found out probably several weeks into the open mic like oh yeah, there's an open mic in tyson's you know because again there's nobody texting there's no no one's no. posting anything. There's no email lists mm-hmm. and started going on Wednesdays. And um, I found it in the yellow pages. And then that guy. Oh, really? When I started, <laughs> I found it. I looked up open mics or comedy in the yellow pages. That's how I found out where everything was. Yeah. That's when I mean, I it was... wasn't much at that point. Was it 04? Uh, yeah, I started in 04. I don't know why I just didn't look on the internet, but I don't think I was doing things on the internet yet <laughs> as strange right. as that sounds i just wasn't um i guess i wasn't savvy yeah i still had a phone book so i was like let me just look up look up open mics <laughs> well but i mean in 04 like a lot of even comedy clubs themselves a lot of them didn't have a website no or if they did the website would just be like here's our address here's our phone number mm-hmm. call us like it, it yeah. wouldn't give you information you couldn't buy a ticket no, but DC standup had information. I think that's where I well, got I a lot of my had... my stuff from. Was DC standup? Yeah, yeah that was like a big deal when when Chris did that. Chris started that site, and then like I again, I didn't realize how big a deal it was that like um, you know younger comics because there was a a section on DC standup like for local comics you have like your headshot and your bio yeah. and yeah. your contact info. Yeah. And cause people didn't have their own websites yet. People didn't have social media yet. No. And so Chris set up like, here's the comedy clubs. Here's the open mics. Here's all the stuff going on. And here's this tab at the end comics. And you can see all the comics in DC. Yeah. And so for a lot of comics, that was like their, like the rite of passage, like, Oh man, I got on dcstandup.com. I was like, really? <laughs> I didn't know that was a big deal. You just ask. Like, you I didn't know that yet. that was the thing. I thought, because I just asked one time and it was like, yeah, yeah, I'll put you on. And I think it's like $15 a year or yeah. something. Yeah, but, you pay like a little bit of money, get your basically your own website. You can send people to the DC standup slash your name. Yeah. And then uh, you didn't have to worry about making your own website. And yeah. yeah, like that was like a big deal for young comics. Like, and there was like jealousy. Like, how did he get on DC standup? You know, he's not that <laughs> funny. I'm funnier than that guy. Yeah bitterness about that shit i remember and uh like uh i remember like when i first started i would i was reading everybody's thing i was and then when i met them i would go like oh there's zach tazinski and laura familiar with your work i'm familiar with your headshot yeah (laughs) i remember the first time i met laura i was like laura prangley doesn't live here or where i don't see her anywhere aaron conroy some of those people, I'm like, where are these people? Yeah. I, I don't see any of them, but I guess they were here yeah. and then they they left immediately or something. But but yeah, as a new comic, that's I was like really into like all of those little devices. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's just romanticizing it, but I don't know that there was as much like envy back then before social media because you couldn't see so much of what everybody was doing you know 
You couldn't it wasn't see prolonged. every move they made the way you can now. It wasn't prolonged. Like I would see anytime Kojo Monte got something, I always saw people that were kind of that yeah. I thought were kind of parallel with me. And I would always be yeah. a little jealous of them. So anytime Kojo Monte got something, I would be like, like, what how did you hmm. <laughs> but I didn't know until like really? the, Kojo the, again? Yeah. Well, it wasn't that. It was just like so you got it, so I should get it soon. Like, right, right. If yeah, you, yeah. Since you got it, I should be getting it soon, right? Because we're kind of, yeah. to me, we were, we were like the close to the same. Oh, they doing, they're they have black people doing it. Okay, well, I'll be, I'll be doing it after the after you. <laughs> uh, right. But he was, um, I wouldn't know until because we would hang out, and I wouldn't know until like either the week before or a couple of days before. It wasn't like now where somebody, I'm hosting for, yeah. what's his name at the thing in two weeks? <laughs> so you got two weeks of, <laughs> of hate to, to go through. Yeah. And then you see him and you go, hm, good job. <laughs> good congratulations, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah, back, back then you would have, you would hear it through the grapevine. Like you would you would hear like, you know, what, you know what would jealous. happen? This is what people would do. <laughs> this is what people would do. Because open mic at Wiseacres was the central location. That was the spot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everybody would go to, like, yeah. which is why Kurt Shackelford tried to start, start a new rooms and everything. But people would do this shit. Like, it would, it would be like, uh, you'd just be hanging out, you know, in the back, watching each comic go up. And then, like, somebody might go on stage and uh, the intro from the host would be like, hey, your next comic is a very funny guy. Uh, he's going to be hosting for Jake Johansson at the DC Improv in March. <laughs> Give it up. <laughs> or, you know, John Miller or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, whoever it was. John was, John was around back then in the early days, too, John Miller. Um, and then that's how you would find out someone got booked at, the, <laughs> in, a, in a spot. Because you would, they'd yep. put that shit in their intro yep. and not tell anyone until the host. And they're like, Oh, okay. I, all right. I was about to ask for that spot. I was about to ask. Yeah. That's good. I was going to call the improv tomorrow, actually. And so people would slip it in, in their intro. That would be a little uh, passive aggressive move. Yeah. And especially if you got booked with like a headliner that everybody wanted to work with. Like if you got booked with David Tell or Mitch Hedberg or somebody. Oh, yeah. yeah that shit would be in your intro for like, for like six weeks <laughs> leading up to it. <laughs> and then for like a month after it. This guy just got done hosting for Mitch Hedberg at the yep. DC Improv, like for open mic night. That would be and then we got him here with y'all. Give it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that was that was posting it on your wall at yeah. the time. You would just have to make sure, and people would listen to the intros probably a lot more closely than they do now. You know, yeah. like the intros meant something. That's the only information that you would get from some people. Just <laughs> yeah. Bastards. Scratching the head, like, how did he get booked, man? I didn't really. He's working with, with a tell. I wanted that week, you know, all <laughs> that kind of talk. I thought you had that week. I thought I did too. Oh fuck, we got double booked, you know. Oh man, I remember knowledge. when I first started. I I I've been working at the Improv fourteen years now, fifteen, because I started a year in. And yeah. yeah, and I remember those early sets. I did the that comedy competition that they would do, was it once a month? 
the open mic competition? Yeah. Like the every month they choose a winner? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was around that time. And then the winner, the 12 winners at the end of the year would compete in the championship. And the yeah. grand champion would go to L.A. for a week. Yeah, yeah. that's the one Randolph won. Yeah, right on. when he moved here. He, mm -hmm. That's how he kind of got his learn the scene basically is by yeah. doing that um yeah i hosted the the final one time mm -hmm. like in 06 or something like that and i don't remember who won it i remember john muma had won it the year before mm. and the year before his champion would always come do a set at the end while the judges were tabulating their votes Ooh. oh okay That's so they always do like a couple sets to give the judges a chance to tabulate who this year's winner was mm -hmm. and um and I think it was like, uh, it was John Muma and then Brandon Ivy was doing a set too. I didn't know Brandon Ivy that well, but I remember a lot of comics were like name dropping him a lot. I was in New York at that point, so I wasn't Brandon as plugged Ivey. in. I don't remember him. Um, I can't remember what his bits were like, but he was like, uh, he was a little bit offbeat. I remember that. And he was like, hey, um, say so he wanted me to say something bad about him in the intro. Like he needed like the intro to sort of, make it seem like he bombs a lot, whatever what it was. And mm -hmm. so I was like, after Muba, he said, he said, oh yeah, tell them that I, uh, I came in last last year because John Muma was the winner. So I was like, last comic was the winner last year. This next comic came in last place and I brought him up mm. and he, he had a riff on that. I remember that, but. Oh, okay. I kind of do remember Brandon Ivy yeah, a was little like, bit. Yeah, I can't. I'm trying to think of his bits. I can't yeah, remember, but I don't remember. I remember he was highly regarded by the comics. Oh, really? Um, I remember uh, a little bit. He was a little quirky or something, or was he just? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, the, the kind of thing where it's like this guy's different from the other guys, and the comics all kind of respect that, I guess. Yeah. You know, or they just they enjoy it because it's different. They see the same shit every night. Yeah, because I remember we were all. I was angry. Uh, <laughs> Seton was a, we were all like, whatchamacallit, somebody, all of us in the, um, the like the old fours. We, I felt like all the guys yeah. were um, like someone else. So Seton was yeah. like Richard Pryor. I remember that. Um, I was like, I always got Chappelle the look, but as far as performing, I got, I was doing Bill Cosby for a very, I think I did Bill Cosby for one night, like his cadence or whatever, when I first started and I, I bombed terribly. I mean, <laughs> it was at Freddy's. Remember Freddy's? Um, it was a Monday night. <laughs> it was like a, it was a, I don't think I ever did Freddy's. It was a gay bar. <laughs> in DC? In um Arlington. It was over by the airport. Uh, I don't Reagan uh, Reagan National Airport. <laughs> no, Crystal like City. what Crystal City area? Yeah, near Crystal okay. near Crystal City. Yeah. So um we would go there on Mondays. One night I eked out this was the time when uh Soho tea and coffee was around. Yeah. That was on Mondays. All those angry nerds just sitting there, no alcohol. 
they're just typing on their computers. They're just trying to get work done. Yeah, we're I did see yelling at a few them. times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, people were like, oh, you don't want to listen to this? It's like, no, yeah. I'm here to work <laughs> on my to, yeah, I, I came got to finals a, coming up. <laughs> I came to a coffee house, dude. I mean, what do you? <laughs> I'm here for the Wi-Fi. That's the, literally yeah. the only reason I'm here. That's it. Wi-Fi, the coffee, eh. I'll get uh, vitamin vitamin water, yeah. but I don't, you know. Uh, but yeah, I, I eked out a set there and a set at Freddy's. And yeah, I think I didn't tell uh, Paul Shores, who was running Soho, that I was going to another spot first. Yeah. I just told him I'm, I'm going to be late. <clears throat> and I think I, because I had <laughs> hosted there. No, I had hosted there a few times, so I had a little bit of an in with him on that little punk-ass yeah. stage that every, just about every open mic had, that broken stage. Yeah, I saw Jason Weems. First time I saw Jason Weems was at Soho. Oh, really? Uh, might have been the first time. Yeah, I remember people were telling me, like, he was a new guy, because I was coming down from New York at that point. I was just back every now and then. Yeah. And people were like, oh, this guy... He's new. He's funny. You should watch him. Watch him. I remember. Uh, might have been the first time I saw Larry Poon. Was it Soho? <laughs> um, another guy who was different. So a lot of no. comics stopped to watch him. Yep, very different. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm, what? But then, what? like, if you look what? at the archetype, what? like. <laughs> He, I guess you could call him like a lounge act, like Tony Clifton type. Yes. You know? Yeah. You gotta, um, you gotta see the video. To Rory know sounded. Yeah. Yeah. He would come out with like a, like a, a like little lower sweatsuit. A little on. silver boom box <laughs> with a CD right. that skipped. <laughs> yeah. It didn't make any sense, but it was funny. Um, <laughs> the first time I saw Rory, he sounded just like David Cross. I was like, oh, this yeah. guy, this guy listens to David Cross. Yeah, him and first time uh, I saw him, I it was early '04. Yeah, he started, Ryan was kind of Ryan Connor was Hedberg esque at the at the beginning. Really, I remember feeling that way about Ryan. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I talked to Ryan about Hedberg back then. Uh, uh, Schlegel, Danny Ruya, I felt like a little Jim bit of a Dan Carrick? Cook, you know, yeah, influence, Dan a little Cook, bit of that, yeah, like higher energy. Yep. Higher energy, a lot of words, a lot of buildup. I felt mm -hmm. like they were kind of in that mold. But yeah, you can kind of see it. You can kind of see like, oh, he listens to that I, comic. Yeah. Oh, she mm -hmm. listens to that comic, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, like I was telling somebody, I was, I used to go to, uh, back when comedy existed, I used to go to Epicure every now and then. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, last year, the year before. And there were a lot of comics at epicure that i wouldn't see anywhere else like they wouldn't be in dc it's almost like virginia still had this pocket of just virginia people but you know what it was and it was further it was further out though yeah so tyson's we wouldn't go from tyson's to dc on a wednesday night no no but i always liked hanging like, but out the epicure crew Wiseacres. Yeah, at Wise, it was great for a hangout. The bar itself, yeah. the hot, the spot in the space in the back, the dartboards, bar yeah. across the street. Like, it was set up for open mics, you know? I used to love it. But Epicure had, it was like its own scene had mm -hmm. developed. At least and me standing in the back watching it, I kind of picked up on, like, 
all the archetypes were there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they had the high energy guy. They had yep. the uh, Bill Hicks type, you know, they had the yep. angry guy. They had uh, the girl who all the comics seem to go sit next to. <laughs> all the male <laughs> comics seem to go yep. sit next to. <laughs> like the yep. cute girl, you know. Cute girl. Um, like it was like, yeah, they had like all the things. Yeah. This and I was like, oh, every scene has every group has this it. room. Yeah. In it, it's like the the older guy who's still kind of youthful. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like I remember there was like a one of the guys intro one time at Epicure. I didn't know him. I had never seen him before. But they were like, oh, he just got back off the road. Yeah. Like the just off the road guy. Yeah. <laughs> There's always a just off the road guy who clearly has more polished than the, than the open micers. And like, they're like, mm-hmm. Oh man, that's our, that's our pro. Yeah. He goes on stage. Like, Hey, what's up everybody. Yeah. You know, I was just <laughs> out in uh, Louisville. <laughs> Louisville's a funny city. Louisville. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, right. I thought okay, you were, we'll take your word for it. I thought you were going to say that he, that you were just getting, like he was introducing you as just getting off the road. Like he knew stuff about you. This guy just had a baby. Like, <laughs> I always thought that was weird when people knew <laughs> right. shit about me like that I hadn't either that yeah. I hadn't met or I hadn't talked to and they were like this guy is a DC legend like what <laughs> <laughs> Tony Woods is a DC if you legend say so. <laughs> I've just been doing it right. for a long time right <laughs> yeah people like to bestow you with accolades like Please. that like, sky man you guys are in for a treat. But the yeah. thing is when you're, especially like if you're doing a bunch of new shit, you're like, Oh, I got to oh do well God. now. Yes. I got to start <laughs> hot, huh? You're going to, you're going to put me in a, yeah. I got to dig out of this hole now. I got yeah. I thought I was going to fuck around tonight, you know? Yeah. But, um, oh, yeah, like I think every town, every little open mic, it's like, it, it, it's like a Petri dish and all these things go, there's going to be, the blank guy and the blank girl yeah, and the, this person and that person. And they all kind of have the same differences from each other, you know, yeah. and sometimes they're funnier than other times. But I remember th- going there, like, cause I used to go there cause I could just get on. I could just walk in and they put me on and I'd best? be like, how come I don't see any of these comics in this, at the DC open. Mics? I don't see any of them. Like they don't come to the draft house. They just, this is their spot. This is it. This is what they do. Yeah, and I would tell them too far away. I would tell them to go to the draft house. Me too. Like, because I went to Epicure for a little while too, and Brandon Fisher was here, and he was running it. Okay, yeah. And for some reason, I felt like I don't know if I just felt comfortable there, or that whole country board thing in me was like, you know, fuck the city. I'm going to Fairfax. Yeah. I get that way too. Yeah. I'm a suburban guy. I'm going to the yeah. suburbs. I'm going to go to the suburb. I mean, and honestly, that's who the crowd is going to be on the road. So, I mean, yeah, the city crowd and, is, and you know, <laughs> you can, can be annoying as fuck. You can cater too much to that crowd. Yeah. yeah. You can like play to that crowd to the detriment of your act because you, oh, know, you I can learned make that a lesson. laugh with shit that's just, smart or oh he said a local reference that's that's very oh that just happened today yeah. that's very topical good job you just mentioned it yeah wow this guy yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's and that's like um 
one thing I like too is I, I try to go to a lot of rooms. I don't go to every room. I'm not the type yeah. to go to every single room, but I'll go like when Tyson's Comedy Cellar was open. I used to like popping in there, which again kind of had its own one. crew. Did it? Yeah. Who was the it crew? It had its there? own crew. It was close. Um, You're naming names. Well, on Scott this podcast, Hall, y'all. I mean, Alan Sidley, Scott Hall. Wow. Uh, oh. Sid, Sibley or Sibley? They were kind of comics that. Sid, Sidley, yeah. Okay. Sidley, S I D, yeah, Sidley. Okay. Um, but there was a group of comics that I would kind of tend to see there mm-hmm. most of the time, but not as much at other spots. And again, this was like their spot, maybe closer to them. And, but one night, like the last, they ended, they, they closed in like November. It's like the wow. last two nights. I went both nights. Mm-hmm. They shut down. And, um, you know, so a few comics that you don't see there that often came out for the last couple of nights just because, you know, but, you know, I saw Tony Woods there pop in once toward mm-hmm. the end. And I was like, okay, Tony Woods is a legend. Mm-hmm. is popping in at this basement in Tyson's Corner, Virginia. And Tony Woods will show up anywhere. Yeah. You know, so who am I to get like a big head about being precious about my choices of where to go? Like you do need that tyson's corner basement room on a weeknight just like Mm -hmm. you need the late night saturday spot in the middle of the city just like you need that c-level open mic where the crowd's barely paying attention yeah and a lot of comics kind of find their comfort spot and they stay in it and and they they don't really branch out but then you're like but even tony woods will branch out even tony woods will go right to the tyson's comedy cellar and he'll figure it out give him a ride yeah Mm -hmm. right and he he doesn't put any rooms beneath him, you know, like right. he's not above any of that shit. He'll just show up and do a spot. He'll wait his turn. He'll say, don't put me on next. If you got other people, I'll wait till the end. Mm-hmm. No ego. And I definitely like look at that to give me direction. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I'm like, eh, I don't know if, I don't, if, I mean, Epicure is not the hippest room, right? Like, isn't big hunt the hip room? Shouldn't I go there tonight? I'm like, yeah. well, why wouldn't I go to Epicure? You know? Yeah. I'm from the suburbs. It's in Fairfax. It's closer. And why, why is that less worthy? You know, and I'm going to learn something about my act there that I wouldn't learn mm-hmm. at big hunt, you know, or, or any, you know, insert room, you know, comedy yeah. loft or whatever. And especially when you see Tony Woods regularly popping into places like that, it's like, okay, well, clearly he's getting something out of this. There's value in doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, when I first started back in 94, every, the word was crossover. People don't see that word anymore. Yeah. But it was mainstream. Like, Cause it was all, it was all black rooms. <laughs> it was like white comics <laughs> trying to do black rooms. Yeah. And then black comics trying to do the white rooms. Yeah. And it was like, uh, he's funny, man, but can he cross over? Like, it, can yeah. he cross over? It was like a question <laughs> people asked about you. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, what's he like? Is he funny? Yeah. He's good, man. He's good. He's kind of new, but he's good. Can he cross over? I don't know about that. All right. Well, I can't put him in my room yet. Yeah. Is it going to make like my white thing. audience laugh? <laughs> <laughs> right. Because everybody saw it. Like I get twice as many spots if I can cross over, you know? Yeah. In fact, if you're white and you can go to the black rooms, you get way more because there were more black rooms. But if yeah. you're black and you wanted to do the comedy cafe, you had to cross over because that yeah. crowd was, you know, mostly white. But I think now it's like, there's so many rooms you can just find wherever you're comfortable just you know camp you a, out there week you get in a week spot out. every week yeah 
every single yeah. week. It's and like that. the new school thing. It's like you don't want to go someplace. When I started going to Big Hunt, I felt like I felt like people knew me, but I was still like new, if that makes sense. Like I was new to the room. So I was like, Yeah, is it any any good guys? And it is it and they were like, Yeah, it's good. You should come back. <laughs> and I would go there after yeah. it's good. Rerun. Yeah. That's what that's what happens. I always wait until <laughs> a few shows and then I go, How how is it? Before I start going there, how how is it? Because yeah, I've been like, to the shows. Is it worth a drive over there? Yeah. I hate the shows that are like, oh, this is going to be the, so our idea for the show is going to be like, like give, holler at me when it's flushed out. Because I've been to a couple of those <laughs> right. and I'm like, I don't want to be, and also I don't want the pressure of being the flagship. Like, I got to do my A-list shit. Yeah. <laughs> so you can sell more whiskey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're gonna your picture's the biggest one on the flyer you're like oh fuck well mine's in my mine's oh, go in ahead car. do 20 do 30 just yeah keep going just uh he's like riff man keep going like, <laughs> I don't want, i'm done i want to I've, I've done all of my <laughs> done all yeah. my dick jokes but but then when you get into a room that's got some adversity to it you've already seen it so mm-hmm. you're ready for it yeah you know? I guess the worst when you when you find out you have flaws. Yeah. You didn't know you had these flaws for like yeah. three years. You didn't know you had this flaw, and then you get into a room that you're not comfortable in, and the crowd isn't your crowd, mm-hmm. and they don't like certain things about your pace or your delivery, and you got to switch it up, and you don't know how because you haven't spent the last three years learning how. And you're like, Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm I've got a major hole mm-hmm. in my development. You know. Yeah. And so it's like. You got to put yourself, you got to be okay with bombing basically. Cause you're going to, you got to go to a room. It's like not your crowd, like that room in Gainesville, you know, where it's like oh, that the improv was putting together. I don't know why I'm yawning um, so much. <clears throat> Who was that? Oh, oh yeah. You know what? I did okay there. Was that the one at that I did um, okay there too. club? Club. Uh, yeah. I forget what it's called. Eclipse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like that's. A, you if just you're gonna be like oh they're gonna hate me you know mm-hmm. if you've been doing big hunt and uh cafe saint x you know every week yeah and so it's like you gotta you gotta put yourself in those situations to learn more about you, you actually grow as a, a comic sometimes but that's yeah. like now like there's so much stage time that people actually get on more have these undergrown parts of their act, these atrophied parts of their act because they've never had to go out mm-hmm. and learn that. And then they learn, they like sometimes you'll hear like someone has a week at the improv and they're killing it in mm-hmm. general. But then you'll hear like, oh, he bombed all week. Like what? That yeah. guy's great. And it's like, oh, that crowd. The crowd. That headliner's audience. Yeah. Didn't, didn't go for him and they didn't have another gear to switch into. Yeah. You're one trick pony. So, you can only do one audience. So... I think yeah, I'm you, a can, lo- you can get to be that way and you don't even know it. Yeah. And don't even realize it. I mean, I would say, I mean, I don't know if any, not to say anything bad about the comics now, but who could go on the road right now? I mean, do you remember Pennington gigs? Do you remember <laughs> like uh, <laughs> Steve Vick's gigs? Like oh. those were, that's oh. the road. Like, 
And those people are, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're all Trump supporters now, but back then they were just, you know, Republican didn't know much about, uh, you know, it wasn't as polarizing. It was just yeah. hardworking. It's the blue collar, like those people's yeah. hardworking people that just want to laugh. They don't give a shit about yeah. political correctness. In fact, that you lose like legitimacy if you're if you're trying to be like so they were at the at the thing like look here don't be talk come around here with all that liberal bullshit here it's he or she yeah. like if they feel like if they feel like you're trying to outsmart them yeah <laughs> like if you're if you're doing smart jokes and they're obviously smart jokes they're sort of yeah. self-congratulatory look how smart yeah. this idea is that i had mm-hmm. i don't like that shit at all like no, oh man. okay oh you think you're Think you're big shit. You think you're you're a little smart ass. I did. Huh? Uh, <laughs> I only did for Pennington. I only did a few. I did. Um, Most of us did. Allentown, Pennsylvania. Oh yeah. <laughs> Allentown from the Billy Joel song. Oh man. Um, and I opened for a guitar comic who was a nice guy. Stephen and, Lynch. Um, no, it wasn't Stephen Lynch, uh, but he was, this was like 2000 and he was doing oh, like, wow. he did song parodies and he was mm. doing like a Lorena Bobbitt song parody. And that was from like 93. And I was like, <laughs> those jokes were played out in 93. <laughs> that, not on the road, but man. Not here. Not on the road. On the not road. Not out. There's about, you go back, you go back about 20 years in comedy on the road. Yeah. So you can say broads. Yeah. yeah, you can rewind. Say, you can pull a reference. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, and the audience is a little you can older too. Something that happened. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, a lot of dick jokes work. Uh, oh, always. Jokes work best, but songs. I did um, <laughs> song parodies. Song parodies. Local references. Oh yep. man, the construction in this town is crazy. Oh, they love that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I did. Uh, Altoona, Pennsylvania. Oh, and my that God. was like this bar. Like it was a small bar show, and like the motel. You check into the motel. It's got like the old key with the big wooden motel keychain on oh it. No God. key card. Terrifying. Card. None of that. All the decor in the motel is like from the seventies, like wood paneling on the walls. Yeah. Uh, cigarette burns in the sheets, you know, and. Like I got, I remember I got to the motel there and it, like the thing that really made me realize I wasn't going to stay that night was that I looked at the menu <laughs> and like, uh, for like, cause they have like menus for like local places that deliver. <laughs> uh-huh. just, this had to have been 2000, maybe yeah. 99. And like a, this place, this like local pizza place, like a large pizza. This was not a special, no coupon. A large pizza was like five ninety nine or something. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like where the fuck at? like what is a gallon of gas 80 cents like yeah, what, you, what happens in here? it <laughs> when you see the gas price go down your laughs yeah. are going down dog <laughs> you're gonna you may my laughs correlate with gas prices yeah you the the intelligence of your jokes better go down the lower the the lower the gas number <laughs> is i did a show right that's a that's always a weird <laughs> feeling after you do the show and or two shows or whatever 
I think I did a show and um, <clears throat> it was Kazi's. Um, yeah, I did Kazi's once. Saturday night, man, I did the two shows and I was sitting in, um, I was sitting at the house, sitting at the, the comics stay, you know, we, we stay at the lady's house. Whoever books it, she stays yeah, at yeah, her yeah. house. Lorraine, and we yeah. And the comedians stay at her house. It's got Ohio State yeah. shit all over the place. And I'm sitting in that house, man. It's like 12.30 Saturday night. And I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and drive home now, man. Because I don't like what's going on here. The headliner so, yeah, left. Look at the clock and like. Yeah. One o'clock, okay. two o'clock. I'm like, it's I can. It's a three-hour ma- drive. It's a three-hour drive. I can do be. it. I'm falling asleep on the road. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When I did Altoona, I. I now, I, I checked in the motel and I was like, okay, I'm not staying here. Like, <laughs> like the, the carpet is green. I don't know yeah. if it started out that way or not. Yeah. This place is weird. It's old. It's probably got all kinds of like infestations. Of, yeah. I went to the show and like, you know, there's one of these bars that has like every old head shot wall. Yeah. Like from 20 years ago, they're all like turning yellow, you know? Yeah. And the headliner wasn't even there yet. And they were like, yeah, yeah, we're going to bring you up. You do like this. These are all two-man shows. You do a half hour, and then you bring up the headline. <laughs> <laughs> you introduce yourself. Minutes. You go up cold, and then you do yeah. 30 yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> the bartender might get on the mic for a second and be like, "Yeah, okay, everybody, uh, let's start the show. Here comes uh, Andy Klein is your first comedian. Shut yeah, up, Harold. Up somebody, hey, guys. Somebody always yells at the, at the bartender. <laughs> shut up and give me my drink. Yeah. You shut the fuck up. Now I'm trying to get the show started. Oh, my God. <laughs> he tells us one joke. That he yeah. Knows. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a guy. I think I a, got on stage. The go headliner ahead. got there. Yeah. The headliner got there, like, I think right when I was going on, or maybe right after I got on, but I already knew his name in his intro somehow. Yeah. I think because Carol would print out a thing for you with everything you needed to know. Mm. And um, Carol I did Pennington. my half hour. Yeah. And uh, the headliner was Buddy Flip, the king of showbiz. That was his <laughs> name, the king of showbiz, Buddy Flip. What year was this? And he had like a, this was about 2000. Maybe oh, 99, man. but probably 2000. Oh, man. And like, I was like, I saw he was ready to go. My time was up. And I was like, all right, everybody, get ready for your headliner. You know, all my sets were mediocre on these road gigs. Oh, yeah. Just oh, yeah. Water. Oh, yeah. Just pull out a dick joke. Yeah. Every third joke is a dick joke. And yep. then I was like, I had moments. All right, buddy, flip. I shook his hand. Yeah. He came on stage. I walked right out. <laughs> just walked straight <laughs> to my car. <laughs> Went to the motel. Got like, your of shit. course, the little front desk is closed. It's too of late. I had like a drop box for your giant wooden keychain so i threw the keychain <laughs> in the dropbox yep it's like i'm sleeping in my own bed tonight i'm going home i drove yeah home. how long was that uh, drive five hours i don't think it's that bad it was like maybe three or four i three. had a couple i think yeah a, a lot of them i would i would do like four or five i wouldn't go too far good lord i did three um, mentally Butler, pennsylvania was like that what's it called butler pennsylvania Oh, it was a hotel be... lounge. It was a oh, one wow. night, and then the second night was Marietta, Ohio, at that old hotel. Oh, yeah. 
the haunted Marriott, hotel Ohio. in Marriott, Ohio. Yeah. Yeah, you got a tiny room. Yep. But Butler, Pennsylvania, it was me and Andy Campbell. I was opening for Andy Campbell, but he was coming from a different spot, so we couldn't ride together. So I met him there. And then the hotel has this big, like, ballroom. Mm-hmm. And this other side room, it was kind of like what Kurt Shackelford used to do with the Hyatt. It was kind of like that room, mm-hmm. you know, for comedy. But the big ballroom on the same night had kickboxing. <laughs> when you walk in, you have a kickboxing ring. Yep. And all these people are standing around watching kickboxers. Oh, So man. we had to go over, like, down the hall to our comedy show. And it was, like, you know, decent crowd. It was actually okay. Um, get in the car, drive to Marriott, Ohio the next day. And that's, that's the worst. When, like, the, the second gig is further away from home. Yeah. So it's like one night here, one night there. And then it's like, oh, now we've got a five-hour drive to come back. Six hours back, yeah. We would do – that chunk was – um, and I like the chunk, though. That's the thing. I did it once, and Herbie was the headliner, Herbie Gill, um, our, <laughs> yeah, yeah. our good buddy. And you drive to Morgantown at that uh, Ramada Inn. And I like that gig. Okay. It's just in a, in a hotel lounge. And you do that, that gig. Is that the resort? The golf resort? No, it was, um, no, it was just at a hotel. Literally at a hotel, um, like the, the bar at the hotel. And that's the gig yeah. where this is the, the opposite of the DJ getting on the mic and introducing you. There was a local guy there named Larry. He would get on the mic Larry. and he would kill. <laughs> <laughs> he would right. kill. And he would he would give you this dude. He he had some of the best intros, and I would go up there and lay a very like mediocre egg <laughs> of a set. I'd have maybe two or three good jokes, and then I'd have a lull. <clears throat> I would talk about my dick for a little bit. That would re- remind me of another joke that I have, and I would start talking about that shit. Maybe right. there's something funny in there. And I would meander for about 30 minutes up there. And um, the hotel, <laughs> we, we were in that hotel. And then we drove our stupid asses up to Marietta, Ohio. And then we did that creepy ass <laughs> hotel, that creepy show. Um, right by the river. Right by the river, yep. And uh, we actually got there early enough. We like walked around. There's nothing in Marietta, Ohio. Like we, yeah. <laughs> I was like, right. what do people do here for fun? Right, there's a river. We did it. There's a river there. We walked around. It's very historic. I guess there's a big, there's a big cannon. Yeah. <laughs> and we yeah. went, got ready for the a, show. A battle was fought. A battle was fought. And <laughs> I met some girl. I met some girl that night. I remember that. And then, um, yeah, this the haunted hotel with those little bitty ass windows like a ship. Yeah. 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 Like the rooms were all weird, like the shape <laughs> of the rooms were all weird. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's clearly they just converted from something else at some point. Yeah. Um yeah, I did that once. I think I, I did all these once. I didn't go back to a lot of these rooms. I just I did I got what I could out of the road for like six months and then I stopped doing it because I was like, I'm not getting I've I've now learned how to do a half hour cold. Yeah. And I'm not going to get anything else out of this. But I did um 
when I did Morgantown, it was a, there was a resort. It was like a golf resort called like Lakeside or Lakeview or something like that. I think Herbie was and telling me I think me it that. shut down eventually. Yeah. It was a two night. You didn't have to drive anywhere the second oh. day. It was two nights. And that's only and three hours away. They would pack it out. Yeah. Three hours away, they would pack it out. Oh, the, man. That's the nice. radio guy, Larry, would host it. And he would come out with his jokes and everyone loved him. Yep. And I remember the first night I was there, um, you know, I, I like to wear like a, an unbuttoned flannel or whatever. Yeah. You know, open over like a t-shirt or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I go up on stage. Like he just, he just introduces me. It's packed. I go on yeah. stage and I'm like, Hey, hey, give it up for Larry. How you guys doing? And this guy goes, tuck in your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> like i'm being disrespectful yeah having my shirt hanging out i was like tuck i was like what i didn't i wasn't sure if i heard it right he was like tuck in your shirt <laughs> meanwhile larry has on like a hawaiian some joke shirt party night like right but it's tucked in yeah. was like, it he, he was offended by my shirt hanging out <laughs> yeah so but i was like i was like i just made a joke about how it's like really saturday night you expect us to have a, a dress yeah I, what's the- I got a laugh off but it's that kind of it's that kind of audience, you know, yeah. that they're like if they don't like it cuts, a lot of yep. a lot of flat tops. <laughs> a lot of sixty year old men with flat tops. I mean Morgantown's a college town, but this was not a college crowd. Not at all. You know? And then um and I think I just did again mediocre both of those sets. All these shows were mediocre for me. They're all mediocre. Gigs. Yeah. I yeah. did a I but did you a... learn something about yourself. Yeah, that's what it was. I mean, I just I just always learned that I wasn't I did them too few and far between. And I think yeah. I mean, you know, Carol would send out that email for comics to hey, I have these sets, I have these spots, I have Marietta, I have Altoona, I have Lincolnia, wherever that is, some Greensboro in Pennsylvania or whatever. And I did some right. of those and I said okay, I'm only going to do Morgantown and Marietta. That's it. <laughs> and then she caught on to right. that shit. Like, you can't right. just respond yeah. to those two. I'm like, that's the ones. Why wouldn't I want to respond to those two? Yeah. Those are the ones those, that I'm in fact, available to do. I think when I did Allentown, and this is the other thing, the scene was so small when I was, when I was doing these gigs that you had to do these gigs to get stage time. You couldn't yeah. get on every night. You were getting on yeah. once or twice a week. Allentown actually wasn't a Pennington gig. It was a Steve Bakes gig. And that was where I opened for the guitar comic with the Lorena Bobbitt song. And I remember that being like an eye-opening thing because I was talking to Steve Bix on the phone and, you know, trying to line up a spot. And he was like, yeah, I got, uh, I got this spot, uh, Allentown. Uh, It's in a hotel, you know, it's like, which is good because you don't have to drive anywhere. You know, he was like, yeah, like, you know, all my comics say it's like the best room I have. I don't think it's that great. I think it's okay, but all my comics love it. It's, oh, man. it's like their favorite room. So you'll probably Selling have a good time. It's like their favorite room. So all the comics love it. Yeah. And I went and it was like aggressively mediocre. Yeah. You know, it was, wasn't set up great. No nope. crowd was just okay. And I was like, if this is the best room, I, I don't want to put up with all your, your worst rooms to get this once a year. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather yeah. just not do this because what's the point? You know, I could have just, I'm not, I, I, I'm not growing anymore as a comic. And in some comics you could tell they were on the road too much. 
way their too much. act would get roadie. Yeah. Roadie Some comics like, weren't affected by it. Some comics were. Sing-songy and very like, um, like it was like, uh, like they pureed it so you can swallow it easier. Yeah. It's like there's no, there's no crunching. Jump down. Yeah. yeah. They took they, a lot of smarter the... taglines. Yep. I was at the target. Took away the taglines. Yeah. <laughs> they say things in a You very, guys know like, what I'm talking about. A lot of like complimenting the crowd. A lot of like, uh, you guys got it right. Where I'm from, people are yeah. dumb. You know, there's no, there's no breaks. The Everything is like a, and then I went to the, to the Walmart <laughs> and boy, oh boy, Walmart here. Hoo-wee. <laughs> You, you all are crazy. You guys and got like, a Walmart. We got a wall. Y'all got a Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said they got a wall. <laughs> yeah, like you would see comics. You see, you you started with you. You've seen yeah. them do these bits week in and week out. <laughs> yep. And then they get on the road for like a few months. Yep. And then you see them again, and like. You took out that tagline. You changed that tagline. Mm-hmm. You just made that a dick joke. You made yeah. that a dick joke. You made that that one a dick joke. Also, whole yeah. act. They just switch it because you're just desperate for laughs. Otherwise, yeah. it's miserable. You could drive yeah. five hours to bomb every night. <laughs> like, yeah. So just low hanging fruit. I, mean, I knew you're comics just... who weren't. A... Yeah, yeah. And some comics I knew that were not affected. Like they would just do their act. But some people, you could see it. You could see the road on them. And I was like, I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't want the stench of road on me. Yeah. Because I don't want to, I don't care about making them laugh. I don't, I'm just here to learn how to keep my energy up for 30 minutes and all the little nuts and bolts shit. Yeah. But like, you would see people come off the road, man. It'd be like, oh, you've been working, huh? <laughs> like you yeah. could tell. Like, it's just, where, where you been on the road a little bit? Been working? They do that shit in the city and everybody's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> why are you stretching all your words out i saw people sometimes i would occasionally work with a comic like a headliner in a pennington gig or whatever uh-huh. who would kill in those rooms yep and normally they would just stay on the road they wouldn't work the improv try to venture know. into the but city every now and then oh they the the guy that i worked with at morgantown i remember asking him he was asking me about dc and i was like oh yeah it's this place it's that place you know wiseacres and you know he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've been in D.C. in a while. I was like, did you ever do the improv? And he was, his face was like just blank. He was like, what? <laughs> I like the improv. Yeah. The D.C. improv, it's like one of the best clubs in the country. He was like, yeah. oh, no, like I'm a, they wouldn't headline me. They I'm wouldn't. a headliner. Yeah. Like, okay. It's yeah, like, keep doing this. Keep no, doing uh, Morgantown. Not, not there. <laughs> not really. That's when I, I started but to every realize. Now and then, yeah. One of them would get booked every now and then. One of them would finagle a, a feature spot at the Improv. Yeah, or or would come guest in, spot. They're friends with a, guest a spot. with a star or whatever. Yeah. Hey, buddy. What's and they going would on? they would come to the Improv and have an extremely mediocre set. You <laughs> yeah. could tell they're used to kill. <laughs> yeah. Killing. You could tell like it doesn't. It's just like a little chuckle. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that what you do isn't working at the improv and that's where i'm like okay i want my shit to work at the improv i don't want yeah. it to work in parkersburg west virginia who cares you know yeah cumberland maryland so that that was always funny like they would sometimes come into the improv like oh what's up guys yeah yeah 
came in off the road for this. <laughs> I'm, I'm here from Altoona. Hey, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I tell you what, y'all in D.C. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> six hours. Six-hour drive. <laughs> I remember one time, me and, I think it was me and Mike Stork were sitting in the back, and this comic was on, this road guy who got booked at the Empire. Mm-hmm. featuring and we were always bitter because we were trying to start featuring and we're like you booked that guy couldn't you have given me a chance mm-hmm. and um he was doing like all these really kind of hacky generic men and women jokes yeah and he actually said like he just paused and he just and with all sincerity not no irony or anything he just paused and he goes yeah men and women are so different <laughs> <laughs> like this was a cornerstone yeah a pillar of his act that he just had to reiterate that <laughs> and we're in the back that was, that was like a running joke among us for a long time like so men different. and women are so different like that was his big <laughs> insight and the improv crowd was just like eh but yeah. in butler pennsylvania it was like yeah they are Dude, we're different. tell us how feed us this guy's a genius <laughs> it's 20 years ago here i don't know what year is it we're from I remember I bombed in Greensboro, Pennsylvania so hard, like, um, (laughs) it was at a VFW and, um, like I drove to the hotel, I think it was like a four, four or five hour drive and I stayed, but the hotel was, was Uh, a motor end. You ever seen one of those? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was, like it's a, I was like just like a parking lot and a bunch of motel rooms. Yeah, but you know what? Too, it was like it was weird when I got there. They gave me the money for the show. the The people at the desk gave me the money for the show. Okay. And then the guy, because the guy asked me, "Are you a, are you the headliner?" Like he didn't know the terminology. Are you the head person? Yeah. I was like, no, no, no. I'm the feature. <laughs> and he said so. Yeah. And he had two like two checks because the headliner yeah would give her like would would take the money and then send it to to carol i probably should take this out of the right <laughs> I might, yeah I might well that's how they stuff. did it they would that's how they did it. they got the headliner paid. would get the money yeah and then the the person who booked the show would get their commission mm-hmm. yeah but normally they would just give it all to the headliner the headliner then sends that money rather than have the the bar send the money to the person yeah the headliner would just send the money to the booker the carol pennington whoever it is steve bix yeah and that's how they would get their cut the commie zone commie zone was another one i didn't really work for them much if ever no but um i was trying to get in with with them they had a comedy zone right up the street from me when i lived in alexandria yeah um, like in that restaurant right it was in a restaurant yeah um this guy named tom was was there and i was like can i get a guest spot and this is when i did kind of uh (laughs) what was i doing then i was doing kind of like one-liners then i wasn't like talking off the top of my head i was doing and of course i killed because every joke i did was about um you know why would a doctor tell you to that you're completely healthy? A doctor wants you to be unhealthy so you can come back to them. Like right. shit like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I wish I could go back and listen to some of those first, first, first sets, like the different Tims. <laughs> right, right. Um, before you found your voice. Before I found whatever this is I'm doing now. Um, and, yeah. But I was trying to get in with that, and it felt like, it felt like Comedy Zone was so like separate from the other Comedy Zones. But I think it was more of just, yeah. if they just like you, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I always felt like, yeah, like it was hard with those, all those places. It was hard to just get in and say, can I just work this one room yeah. of yours? I don't want to work your whole circuit of shows. I just want the one that's close to me, the one that's like an hour and a half away. Yeah. And it always be, they'd be kind of resistant to that. They'd be like, oh, you're either in with us or you're not. I was like, no, I just. I live close. Yeah, I'm right here. <laughs> I just want to go you... to maybe Delaware at the furthest. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you got to send in your tape and you got to, you know, there's a whole process, all these hoops you have to jump through. These, these bookers, yeah. man. I went to that. I went to, I did a lot of, did you do any comedy festivals? Or were they a big thing when you started? I did. They weren't that big. I did the, the maybe the second year of the Boston Comedy Festival in 2002. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I also did the Seattle competition the same year mm. so the Boston Comedy Festival was they had a contest portion Yeah. so you would enter to be in the contest and so I entered to be in the contest and it was like you would go your first round show then for a few more days you know for another show or whatever Mm -hmm. And um, so I know I was going to be there at one night at least. And like you had to, you would have to change your flight, you know, if you, if you had to stay longer. Yeah. So I think I set up to where I was going to be there for like three days, no matter what, just in case. Mm -hmm. And I actually shared a hotel room with Jamie Kilstein. It was like at that point, 19 or 20, it was brand new. Oh no. And he got into the <laughs> Boston festival. I, I met Jamie when he was 19. He was coming to Wiseacres from New Jersey. Oh wow! Spots and um, he was like a young kid. Loved Bill Hicks. So did I. You know, we, we right. had stuff to talk about. But but then we like we were chatting, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm the Boston." I was like, "Yeah, so did I. I got the Boston." And I was like, "You know, what the, what days are you going?" We we coordinate. He picked me up from the airport. I flew in. He picked me up from the airport. Yeah. Um, we drove around. He because he was always a good talker. He already had like become friends with the guy who runs the festival. Like he already's like, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Jim or whatever. Yeah. And um, <laughs> in fact, I remember that because that was the first time I ever heard of John Mayer was in Jamie Kilstein's car. <laughs> he was like, John Mayer was like an unknown guy. He was like just like a I guess kind of underground. He was like, Body is you ever heard of this guy John Mayer? Yeah. Yeah. This is like before. This is like before Bodies of Wonderland. He was like, you ever heard of John Mayer? I was like, no. He was like, oh, this guy's great, man. Great, great, great guy. Was he, he was putting like, out mixtapes? Like what do you mean? He was <laughs> <laughs> Probably like some indie shit, like, or a live recording somewhere. I, it was like some indie shit, you know. And uh, so I, for some reason, that memory stuck in my mind that I learned about John Mayer from that. <laughs> but I did the contest, and they chose, like, the top three. And right. I clearly had a top three set and I didn't advance, you know, like <laughs> classic, the judges, the judges the, like what they, they like. the friend. Yeah. 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 They brought the friend and one Giggles, guy did like song on parodies to... and yeah. 
I was like, song parodies in a yeah. contest? And, you know, I was mm-hmm. like incredulous. And then, uh, so I didn't advance. So I was only, in, only hung out for like two or three days and I went back um, on my normal flight back. So I did that festival, only did one set. Yeah. <clears throat> Seattle competition. It's like a week of shows, six mm-hmm. nights. And then if you advance, you get another week. And I didn't advance. I was only in the first round. And again, I was like, Sheesh. I'm doing better. I don't know what's going on with the judging here, but um, even a lot of the comics were like scratching their heads. They were like, really? How come yeah. you're not higher on the list? I was like, I don't know. So, uh, but you could, you could be in Seattle for three weeks if you did, if you could advance all the way to the finals for the Seattle competition. Yeah. Uh, I did that. I don't know. I probably did a couple other small festivals. I didn't do a lot. Of, there weren't a lot of festivals. That wasn't a big deal at that point. I feel like when the road started drying up, mm-hmm. festivals started increasing. Festivals became the new road gig for a lot I of mean, comics that were like a generation younger than me. You know, we we were like clamoring for these. And it's funny when I see young comics doing it now, like paying. Yeah whatever amount oh let me i have to hurry up and submit you have to submit to them and then you have by to a pay date. by a certain date <laughs> otherwise it goes up from 50 to 80 or something like that just basically building suspense right. for people yeah. and um man i yeah. did i think the best one that i did and stork was there actually best one i did was the laughing not the laughing. It was a laughing skull. Okay. Yeah. I went up to Pittsburgh, actually um, the Pittsburgh Improv, which is in uh, Homestead, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I featured there once. Yeah. yeah, it's not a bad room. I mean, I did so they did same thing contest up there, picked the top three. Um, Hurricane was there for some reason. Um, okay. <laughs> He wasn't on the show. He was just there. Classic hurricane. Yeah. Just popping he up. He just I came know. out to watch. Yeah. Um, it's a long way. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. It was like four. I think it was four hours. It was a work week too. It was during the week. I drove up there and drove back. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I got like, did I get second place? I think I got second place. So if you win that spot and then they had them all over the country they all go yeah, to Atlanta. Yeah. So they all had the, they had the different right. regions and then we all go to Atlanta. Mike way was on it when Mike was doing comedy. Okay. We roomed together. Yeah. And, um, I think his then, well, maybe I shouldn't say that part, but it was all week. We got there on a Tuesday, actually no Wednesday. And you do, they just have rounds, different rounds. So his round yeah. was on Wednesday. I think I went up on Thursday. I didn't do, I did okay. But <laughs> that, that festival was like, I got to see comics, like road comics, just good comedians. Yeah. And yeah, that's what it like. I felt like road, like I was kind of past doing that at that point, but I feel like the oh, road yeah. for a lot of comics was, Go to a festival. Mm-hmm. You get to go to a different city to do comedy. You might different make city. very little money, if any. Mm-hmm. But you yeah. meet people. You see different crowds. You network. And then now you know people in 
Chicago, you know, people in Atlanta, you know, people in mm-hmm. Philly. And so yeah. you line up maybe, hey, let a, how about I come to your city, crash on your couch for four days, and I exactly. hit some of the one-nighters in your town. Right. And where do people I, would where come do to I D.C. and hit me up for, like, the, yeah. the Friday Draft House show. Like, hey, someone give me your name. I'm passing through. I met so-and-so at a festival. Yep. They told me you guys have a show. Like, that was kind of how you set up. That's how you went out of town as yeah. a comic for a mm-hmm. few years was to do a festival and then network at the festival and then maybe go to a city and crash with the people you networked with Yep, and so on. So mm-hmm. there was, um, bookers that too, was a little though. bit past my time of, yeah. And there was like, yeah. you know, bookers industry, whatever mm-hmm. at the festivals and you could maybe get in with them, but I was kind of past that at that point. I wasn't going to get anything out of that, you know? So it was like that generation had like a different experience on going out of town to do yeah, comedy. We did. I mean, uh, we the had gigs like the, go ahead. Now the ones that I was doing, I think they all, a lot of them are gone now. They don't even exist anymore. You know? Yeah. I think like that karaoke night instead of comedy. I think Morgantown went away because I've seen, I still get those emails that are like, I have this gig and this gig and I don't see, I see the Marietta, Ohio. I don't see the Morgantown before it. Oh, so those are still going on. I, like I, I was never on the mailing list. I was when I was working those shows. It was all over the phone. That's how you got booked. <laughs> no, call. <laughs> I think she got sick of that, and I think Herbie told me how to do it. You, she wanted. You're supposed to send six resumes and six headshots, which yeah, basically means headshots. she takes all of those and she sends them out to these different places. Yeah. And when yeah. I got there, I remember the first time, man, when I got there and saw my stupid face with, <laughs> I had this old headshot when I, like, I have like a black suit on and I'm just sitting right. there. It's all dark and all you see is my brown face. I'm just sitting there like this. <laughs> and it says Tim Miller in like some type of light font, like font yeah, that yeah, looks yeah, like lights yeah. or some shit. I was like, yeah, I'm a killer shit. <laughs> I'm a comedian now. <laughs> and uh, I bombed. They got my name up on the thing. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. I bombed. I got my little 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's 30 minutes if people are laughing. It's only like 19 right. if they ain't laughing. So I learned that And quick. the headliner wouldn't care. If you're bombing, if, nope. you, if you bailed at like 22, they wouldn't care. No, Herbie no didn't cares. give a shit. Well, he kind of did. He just wanted yeah. me to be professional because he wanted me to work with her again but i think i i did it on my own i did a couple gigs and then i said i don't i don't need to do that anymore i'm good yeah yeah not my thing yeah i don't i'm good i don't need to feel like a star when i see my headshot yeah i've seen my headshot i don't sit at the bar afterwards to (laughs) i mean you know you know like like the show that i did in in Alto or Allentown, where the headliner was a guitar comic, like that was the first time I really noticed, like, oh, he's standing by the exit door after the show. Yeah, and he was acting like he just happened to be over there. Yeah, but he was because oh. he wanted people to walk past him. You're walking this way. Say, oh, good job, good set. Yeah. You're so funny. I was like, oh, this they're getting more out of this than just doing comedy they're getting the accolades i mean i don't even know if he was selling merch i don't think he was he just won <laughs> and so i started noticing that more and more like oh they're all standing by the door yeah so people have to walk past them because they all want to get that pat on the back 
Yeah. You know, like, you know, good job, buddy. You're, you're so funny. And they can be a star for a night and it fills that void. Yeah. And uh, I never needed that. <laughs> so I was like, I didn't like want to be by the door. That's the last place I wanted to be. If I bombed, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be anywhere near people that saw me bomb. But if I do well, what always well, what would always bother me is if people are coming out of a show and I do okay enough where people can go, Hey man, good set. And there's yeah. always one person in that group. That's like, that doesn't say anything. And I'm like, what was your, what was your problem? Your friends like me. What's, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I always see that person. You're fine. You're yeah. You know, yeah, man, you're you're, just, that's you, so... keep doing it. Keep <laughs> stick with it. <laughs> yeah. Stick with it, man. You got a future in this. I've been doing this 16 Stick years. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with it. One day. One day. Yeah. Just this potential there. It'll happen, man. It'll happen. I mean, Maybe you'll meet. <laughs> David Tell. I can't think of <laughs> I went to uh I went to Plattsburgh, New York with mm-hmm. Mike Diesel one time. Plattsburgh, <laughs> New York is way up on the Canadian border. Like they fly wow. the Canadian flag and the American flag. Like there's money exchange places there wow. right on the border. That's how far away it is. Like a 12 hour drive. And, um, and I, we, we got there, we got our hotel room. We were sharing a hotel room. Oh, we got the hotel room key. Love you, we Mike. walk in and there's another guy sitting in the room. <laughs> Some Italian guy. His name's like Vinny or something. He's just in the room. He's a comic too. Uh, and he's somehow the double booked the opener. D- Diesel said he was bringing a guy and it was with me, but then they, I guess, miscommunicated and they booked a guy, but he was yeah. local. So he wasn't, I mean, he was like two hours away. He wasn't too far. So he <laughs> Two was hours like, is local. Yeah, local for Plattsburgh. And so he was like, he was very nice about it. He's like, oh, no problem. I'll just do a guest spot. I'll just drive home tonight. You guys get the room. You know, awkwardness. You know, oh, two wow. Beds in the room. But he was just sitting in the room with his feet up, shoes off. Like, oh, whatever. man. But then we did the show. Oh, K-Set. And Mike Diesel destroyed. Like, he really killed it. Like, it was, <laughs> you know, unreal. Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't even have to sit next to the door. He just went. We went and sat at the bar. And, and people, people were up to walking up to the bar like he was the most famous comic in the world. Like, oh, you were so good. And I'm sitting yeah. right next to him, like, getting a little tap like, on the shoulder. Yeah, man, you, you, you were up there. <laughs> yeah, you could. Yeah, did you, oh, did you guys ride up together? Like, they start talking about something other yeah. than the set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, where are you from? Oh, you, you, you drove up together. Oh, oh okay. how long was that drive? Oh, good man. Good yeah. job. Nice. Yeah, nice. oh, so you left this morning. Oh, okay. Hey, you oh, know, you're I, I did, night? You spent a night. You go back tomorrow? Yeah. I was on stage too. If you want, oh, yeah, hot, but some. you know, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I saw you on stage. Yeah, I was, I was, you mentioned uh, the Redskins You're from DC. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. How the guy do? Like, do what? How oh, did the other guy? Yeah. How did he do? He he did okay. He like basically <laughs> did a host set. Oh, uh, okay. He went up first and did like ten minutes. It was. I remember being kind of hacky and roadie and mm-hmm. you know like italian stereotype jokes he kind of had like a mario mustache you know (laughs) and a very italian name i can't remember it but i then did a feature set and brought up the headliner so he didn't have to stick around he was like yeah i'll just do a spot you know i'll just start to i could tell that he he wanted to go home 
<laughs> like when he saw that we were there, he, could he put was his like, shoes on immediately. Oh, thank God. Yeah. yeah like, uh, I, was, I was trying to figure out a way out of this. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> once he found a way out, he just got the hell out. He didn't want to stick around anyway. What kind of audience was it, we, though? Is it like, not roughneck? Just, what is it? What is it called? Like, it's not like, it's just suburb, like suburbs. Yeah, just average, like not quite redneck, but with some tendencies. Yeah. You know, some redneck tendencies. Mm-hmm. It's like there's probably more trucks than cars. Yeah. Um, a lot of, yeah, like a lot of uh, slightly silver-haired dudes mm-hmm. with jeans and boots on, you know, like yeah. they're, but some of them work Tucked in an in. office or their their son, their adult son is with them and their adult son works in an office. Like there's a little bit of a cross section, right. all white, of course. Oh, of course. And yeah, yeah, we went up for that one night. And the next morning we got in the car and drove 12 hours back. Good Lord. There's no other gig. There's no like second night attached to it. Just drove up, drove back. For whatever I got, 100 bucks, 150 bucks. I did. um, He did all the driving. I just sat there. And a lot of talking too, I would assume. A lot of riffing. Yeah, like that's where you come mm. up with bits. We were always oh, scribbling was... down taglines and shit. Oh, shit. That's cool. Like, it wouldn't be that bad, I guess. Yeah. I went up with, I've done two road trips with like four comics. Four, okay. was it four or five? I did a gig. I don't know how we got this gig put together, but it was in Rome, New York. And hmm. it was me. Um, I forgot his name. Sean, remember Sean Carlucci? <laughs> I remember the name. I don't know if I remember him. I remember his um, name though. Big wrestling fan. Huge, huge wrestling fan. Nice dude. <laughs> so it was me. Yeah. This guy out of New York. He may have been may have been Pennsylvania. This Puerto Rican guy named. Um, uh, I forgot how to say his first name, but his last name was Ayala. Didn't eat meat. Yeah. Cool dude, though. Real cool, real sociable dude. And this, yeah. oh, and Tony Simbazo. It's the first time I met Tony Simbazo, right? Yeah. And Tommy. Yeah. Tommy. Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Tommy Simbazo. And so I met up with Tommy, and Sean is in Pennsylvania with Asael is his name and okay me and Tommy have to drive up there so I meet Tommy at White Plains and and I park in that um where the bus thing is like the Van Moose bus that's where they are so I park there yeah and we drive up there I think it was like two hours that's the first leg to Pennsylvania from there, we get in Sean's car, Sean's rented whatever, like, mid-sized car, four of us, yeah. and we drive up to Rome, New York. Now, it's not, I think it may have been winter, but it was a different kind of winter up there than it was. Like, I had on flip-flops yeah. and a coat, and then we get up there, <laughs> and it's like, a few feet of snow on the ground. Like I'm walking through snow yeah. in my flip-flops. And yeah. just yeah. 
stupid, stupid. I never really had, I don't know what it was just not being around the cold that much, but I never really had good coat, um, a good coat arsenal when I first got here. Right, right. Um, yeah, you got to have like a few different levels. You got to have like four of them. Yeah. And I had the first layer coat on. I didn't have the second layer and then the third layer coat. I had the first layer. Yeah. So we did a show in this theater. It was like a 300 seat theater, like high tech shit, all of this. And the show was called The Last Comic Standing Rejects. <laughs> There were You didn't know that until you got there? I didn't think about it until I got there. Like I was like, oh okay, we put yeah. a show together. Cool. There were 20 people in that There's <laughs> <laughs> 20 people. How big was the venue? 300 seater. <laughs> There's oh. like they have like our a big name. three, like a huge. It was like the draft house. And then 20 people <laughs> out in the audience. And there was a hole on stage. Right. Like you had to be, hey, be careful about the, there's a hole up there. So you got to be, it was covered up with tape. <laughs> and be careful of the hole. Yeah. Tommy, that's the first time I've seen him perform. And I just did my set and yeah. I did fine. Um, Tommy yeah. just did crowd work the whole time. He didn't even go on the stage. I think he was scared <laughs> to go on the stage. <laughs> he just did crowd work the whole time and killed. Yeah. And yeah. After the show, we went to some casino. We went to this local <laughs> casino in town, and then we walked. We went and to a nightclub where it was all blacklight. So okay, we could see all kinds of shit on everybody's faces. Like, <laughs> right? It was that, and that was just one day. We drove back the next day, eight hours. Yeah, and then another what? three or whatever with Tommy last like, comic standing rejects last comic standing rejects Rome, New York. Um, <laughs> shit. I might have the, I might have the video from it. I always brought my camera. I might have the video from it. I did one time. I don't know how this happened. I got a call on the phone one day from this woman who oh, owns at the time she owned the Strasburg theater in Strasburg, Virginia. Okay. All right, which is like a couple hours kind of to the southwest, you know. So I don't know how she got my name, how she got my, my number, but she wanted to book husband, had just bought the Strasburg Theater. Okay. And she was like, Yeah, it's a big place. It seats like three hundred people. I mean, it's big, it's a nice theater, you know. So I was like, Okay, cool. So we negotiated like a price. I don't remember what it was. I didn't I didn't ask for a lot of money because I was like, she just bought this place and you know, mm -hmm. but she said, you can bring openers and you know how much you want to pay them. And I kind of, I brought Joe Robinson and Herbie. Uh huh. Uh, I think Herbie hosted and Joe featured and then I headlined. Okay. So we get there and it's kind of set up like the Arlington draft house where right. when you walk in, theater. there's this bar. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bar when you walk in, which at the draft house is a service bar, but at this place was like a bar where you could sit down at and order drinks. Okay. And then the the floor slopes down and toward the stage. And unlike the draft house, they don't have tables. They just have rows of chairs, like, like a real theater, you know, mm -hmm. like the Warner theater or something. Um, so it's like rows of chairs. And at the very back, 
far away from the the stage is this bar. So I'm like, wow, this is pretty nice. I hope they get a crowd, you know? And then they were like, yeah, we got, yeah, we got like, it's not going to be huge. It's going to be like 40 people or whatever. And this oh, and that. I was like, all right. It was like a sound guy. He was like working the sand. Hey, what do you guys want for your intro music? And what do you want me to do at the beginning? Should I say something? How do you want to do this? Cause they'd never done a comedy show. We were like, oh yeah, do this, do that. And the sound guy was like our age and very receptive. And then we're talking to uh, one of the people, like the manager or something and, and, or maybe the owner herself. And they were like, okay, so, uh, Oh, here's the deal. <laughs> so <laughs> since we just opened, um, we don't have our liquor license straightened uh, out yet. Cause that takes a few weeks. So people can't bring alcohol from the bar down into the seating area. And so you're supposed to be able to buy your drinks at the bar and walk down to the seating area. There's no like wait staff, you know, it's like a concession stand almost. Oh, so they have to buy tables with chairs. Oh yeah. So she's like, so what's going to happen is everyone's going to basically stay at the bar. Oh, because they're up at the bar drinking. And so no one's going to be down in the seats and the bar is, you know, 40 yards. It's a 40 yards away, maybe more. (laughs) from the stage it's like half a football field <laughs> like that can might be a slight exaggeration them? but can it's you far. see them and it's in the light it's too there. that's the other thing you can see them they were real <laughs> small like yeah they were far it was like just picture the arlington draft house yeah that's, that's how far of. away the bar was yeah you can't even see people and up there no <laughs> so there's like you know 20 30 maybe 40 in the bar area oh and then up like, there. i think herbie goes out <laughs> they're so far away and so you can't do, you can't even do the crowd work that you would normally oh, do. Oh man, to, to fill, fill the time. time. Like, I'm, doing, I'm doing an hour. <laughs> I gotta do 45 plus. I'm thinking I gotta. Oh I gotta man. like talk about. So I think Herbie. Were you reading the newspaper? Like were you? <laughs> no, I, mean, I had a set. Out. I had like an hour set sketched out. I had the material for oh, it. Oh man. But I was like. If you're headlining, you want to be in the moment. You don't want to just be shouting your bits into a void. Yeah. You can't even hear the laughs. That's how, that's how far away. It's like are. performing now. Yeah, exactly. It's like social distancing. <laughs> it's, like, it's like we on stage was uh, the pandemic and where they are, the pandemic's over. So they're yeah. all huddled together at the mm-hmm. bar. You don't so stand by yourself. I think Bonnet. Herbie actually, um, Herbie was like, hey, can some of you guys move up, move up, you know, put your drinks down, finish your drinks and move up. And he got like maybe eight to 10, come down and sit down up front, you know. Right. But there was still like 20 or 30 people at the bar. And so it's just work. Herbie does his set. Joe does his set. I do my set. You know, I probably did like a little, I probably did like 48 minutes, you know, like just hit that number 45 and then wrapped it up. Mm-hmm. And we got paid and everything. After the show, the sound guy walks up. He's like, hey, man, that was great, man. Loved you guys. Great show. And then he hands me a CD. He's like, I recorded your set if you want it. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. He hands me the audio of my, which is only the stage mic. There's no mics on the crowd. Even if there was, there's no crowd. I mean, I appreciated the gesture. I was like, that's nice of him. Yeah, but. I I still have that CD somewhere. It's just like in a pile somewhere. I never listened to it. I have so many old DVDs of just 
the truth about money that that thing we did for PBS at the Improv and do you remember they did like yeah, a local um what is it called like a uh, uh, public access TV thing one was at the Improv and another one was at like some open mic oh at a uh, Sally's it was like public access and yeah I don't think I did that I remember hearing about that yeah and the dude was asking was like it. real um so what got you into comedy like those fucking hack questions <laughs> and I was being like a smart ass it's always like, the same questions got me in the, I was born and you know it was like <laughs> ooh. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> now, where do you see yourself? Uh, where do you want to be? Uh, years. Who do I don't you know, a headliner? Of, yeah. <laughs> where does your material come from exactly? Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> that's the worst. <laughs> yeah. How would you describe your act? What, are, what kind know. of comedy do you do? I mean, you know. Not for the faint of heart, right? Like, yeah. they always have their own jokes. There's always somebody, yeah. yeah. There's always somebody that answers those questions, though. So I think those are the people that are fucking it up for all of us. Because they have an answer. Oh, you can see some people. They ha and they turn it on. They like, you can see that they sort of become an actor for, yeah. like, those 10 minutes that they're being asked questions. You can see them like, well, I'm from this area. It's like, oh, you've never talked like that. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. What are you trying to prove? Um, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad we got to, to, to sit and talk, man. I mean, I didn't have anything in particular that I wanted to talk about. I mean, because we just, I've known you for so long, but, you know, um, yeah. where, can they, where can they find you? Well, social media, uh, Twitter is Vintage Klein. What got you into social media? <laughs> Yeah. Okay, uh, I'm sorry. How'd you start tweeting? Yeah. <laughs> Vintage Klein is, uh, and the album, I have an album out called Vintage on Spotify and Pandora and all the places, Apple Music, iTunes, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then everywhere else, well, everywhere else being Instagram and Facebook, it's just Andy Klein, all, you know, K L I N E. I'm not on TikTok. I'm not on Snapchat. No. I don't do any of that shit. I'm barely on the other ones. I barely go to Instagram anymore. Really? I don't I don't get I don't learn anything from Instagram. So, so I kind of like information. It's just know? a huge waste of time. But if you're on it and you're doing well, it's just if you got the time to waste and you're making money from it, then it can be lucrative, yeah. but um yeah, did you change it from from what it was to Ventures Climb for your album? Yeah, I think I did it right around the time of the album. I had oh, okay. a, like it was Andy Klein 74 or whatever. Yeah. Someone on Twitter, someone owns it and they tweeted one time. And what they said, there was like an A Klein 24. All right. And this person wanted that name, but they did, someone had it. So this person got Andy Klein and they tweeted like one time saying, I wanted A Klein 24, but now I have Andy Klein. So that guy can never get it. Talking about the A Klein oh, guy. God. Ha 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 ha. This was like seven years ago. So, Apparently he didn't want it. Or whatever it was. If he's 24 I, and you just went on and found Klein, then he didn't want the regular Andy Klein. Right. 
I mean, it didn't make any sense. And I think I even tried to DM that guy once. Like, here's a January 21st, 2011 was this one tweet. And the thing is, I joined Twitter in 2010. When I joined, Andy Klein was taken. So it must have become available at some point. Yeah. And then this guy scooped it up. January 21st, 2011, which is only a few months after I joined Twitter. Since I just found out that A Klein 24 was stolen by someone, I've made this to ensure that I will forever have Andy Klein. Ha 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 ha. Evil. <laughs> he says evil? Evil. In parentheses, evil. And he's following three people and has three followers. And one of the people that he's following, it's like two of them are the same person, like they follow each other. One of them is a, someone named Andy Klein who goes by the Whose his whose Twitter handle is Andy Tweet Legend, and so I'm wondering if like this guy is actually Andy Tweet Legend. <laughs> I don't know. That'd be a good idea. But it wasn't available. I DM'd this Andy Klein account and never heard back. Set up about 35 Instagram accounts and then just follow yourself over and over again. Yeah, I guess you could do that. Get your numbers yeah. up. Be your own bot, I guess. Yeah. One's a meme, one's for like stitching and land landscape photography and shit. What do you think the right. next thing's gonna be? I mean cooking. Yeah. These are the different facets of me. Do you think um <laughs> what do you think's gonna gonna happen? I mean, I think people are starting to go out and do shows here and there, uh, but <laughs> Yeah, I mean I, I still haven't done it. one. Ramin has an open mic on the Monday nine o'clock open mic Ramin started. I was kind of intrigued by that because it's outdoors. Yeah. Weather will only let that happen for a few more weeks, but it's not going to take I long. Might, I might do one. Um, I just feel bad for like, I mean, you know, Cap City Comedy Club just closed. Just closed. In yeah. Austin, which is mm-hmm. uh, like an institution. It's one of those, the country type. Yeah. You know, it's in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of these bars and restaurants in DC are struggling and closing. And so far, none of the comedy clubs have gone under, but I mean, it's like, it's like, what if? It's you know, inevitable. It's going to happen at some point. Somebody's. Yeah. Yeah. How they, they might be able to, maybe there's a stimulus coming. Yeah. It's, it's just, you know, there's no answer to this. There's no like um, solution to any of this shit. Cause even if they do open, people aren't going to be coming out like that. People are going to be yeah. sort of apprehensive. So I don't know. Maybe there's going to be like a stimulus people are talking about it to save like music venues and live entertainment venues. Maybe mm-hmm. that'll happen hopefully. But if these shows, I mean, these shows people are doing these backyard shows, these parking lot shows, they're supposed to feed you into the comedy clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if the comedy clubs don't exist, it's like, well, what, what is comedy now? Is it just outdoor shows, weather permitting? Whatever you want to put together you know? now. Yeah. For, for a year. I mean, if you live in, mm-hmm. Southern California, the whole year it's nice enough out. You can do it, but on the East Coast, six months you can't do a backyard show. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't have high hopes. Hopefully, something will happen. I'm yeah. not holding my breath for. Me either. But I've been scribbling down bit ideas more and more the last like week or two. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like that's why I want to like maybe hit Ramin's open mic just to be like, eh, you know, just run I don't it up. Just tweet this shit and. You know, 
waste it. So, yeah, it's comedy as we knew it is going to be very different, though, even when it comes back. Yeah. It's going to take a couple of years for it to to settle and come back into focus on where the what the good rooms are, what the good nights are, where the good spots are. Mm-hmm. I feel bad. I was going to make a joke. I was going to post about how, you know, just to like a shout out to everybody who started comedy in March. You're six months in now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which normally means you'd have like 100 sets under your belt. <laughs> yeah. So, now you just I mean, got how about the them? one or two. Everyone, all these people who started early this year, they and all the people who would have been starting now yep. and a year from now, who it's like a year of people who would have been starting and it would have been a year in, plus all the people who will be starting a year from now. There's going to be a lot of like young comics, maybe a lot of rooms. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to predict. There's really no way to look at it to figure it out. But I've done a couple Zoom shows and on two of those, there was somebody like a new comic and that was their first time. Oh, really? So okay. it's kind of like a baby step to do stand up, really. If you just and in your house and you're just talking to the camera, then yeah, you can do a set like that. I mean, it can be, especially if you're just kind of running, you can just run through it without waiting for laughs or yeah, anything like that. Luckily, there weren't any, but that's <laughs> but that the camaraderie in the back watching it sit. The best part of when you're a new comic is not just doing your set; it's getting to watch. 15 to 20 comics at an open mic you sit there and oh, watch yeah. it you absorb it oh, yeah. hang out well you come back the next week you absorb it even more mm-hmm. watching comedy for a few hours every week which is what happens if you go out several nights a week you're watching mm-hmm. if you're dedicated you could be in the back just chatting the whole time i've seen those people too but if you're really yeah. trying to improve you have an opportunity in the old days six months ago to watch several hours of live comedy every single week and you could watch the same comics tweak their jokes polish them add to them take away from them and that helps you grow as much as you doing your own set you know and they don't have that so Mm -hmm. i mean who knows but someone offered me a zoom thing i haven't replied yet i don't know if i'm gonna do i haven't done a zoom show i guess maybe i'll do it how much time i didn't even ask i think it was a little bit of money though it was like a little pay yeah, I, I built didn't, up. I, to I didn't. I haven't replied. I, I don't think it was in the original. Mm. How many have you done on Zoom? Zoom, I think I've done. Have you done like multiple Zoom shows? I've done three. I did a five minute. I just built myself up. No, you know what? I did. I did a five minute. I did. I did the Kumite for the improv. I think I won that one. Did I win that one? Okay. It was me and. Blair at the end. Yeah, I did win that one. And that's like four sets. That one was actually pretty good for me as far as like putting sets together is four, just four yeah. five minute sets. And right. So that one was okay. And then I did a 40 minute set with um, uh, stand up comedy to go. And uh, oh, okay. Yeah. It was fine. <laughs> it's just weird. It's just weird, but yeah. So I thought it was going to be a certain way, but it was actually better that the mics were turned off, were turned on for my set. Yeah. Because I could hear them laughing yeah. and I could just keep going. Because I thought it was going to be just like it was for the five minute set where I can't hear them, but I can see them laughing. 
but I'm not looking down at my screen. I'm looking at, I'm like engaging in the, you know, so yeah, I'm just, I, for, it took, I felt like for me, it took me, I had to build up to do a longer set. And then I did some other. My wife has paid money. My, to see a show. My wife is a, she's paid money to see Judah Friedlander like three times. He does zoom um, shows all the time. Uh, on his own or and, with, through, through somebody. I know there was nowhere comedy club was one of them. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But I I'll think he might do his own too. I pay for one of those just to see what yeah, it was like. Sh- yeah. Like he, cause he has, I think it's zooms webinar interface, which you know, you pay like 60 bucks a month for that for zoom webinar, but you can have like the pictures across the screen and he does a lot of crowd work. So you can, they ask you beforehand, like if you want to be on screen or if you want to be talked to, you can have your mic on or your camera on, or you can have it off. Yeah. But you can hear people laughing. I've, I've listened in while she's watched. Yeah. And you can hear like, he can hear people laughing. He can do crowd work. And Judah is perfect for that because he just talks to people and riffs off of what they're telling him. Mm -hmm. So that would work. But if you're just doing straight bits, I don't know. There's, there's a, Something's a big chunk is missing, so I don't know. I might do a Zoom show just to see. Yeah, the connection. Yeah, I'm not in a hurry. The connection is yeah, missing. Yeah, see how it goes. Big time. Yeah. Um. All right, buddy. Good talking to you. I'm glad we recorded this one. <laughs> yeah, this I saw. I was, I was checking the whole time for the recording icon. Yeah. <laughs> not only would I hit record, I literally hit the, hit record at like eight four eight thirty five. And then I oh, just okay. I just hit record on everything. Like I found out how to yeah. record the audio. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if it came out over here. But there's a little button yeah. in that record thing. Like I don't I don't who would know that? But um Oh really? Yeah. Like you gotta hold it down and then you gotta it's you scroll under where it says to record It's just it's a whole it's a whole thing. Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah, man. All right. I will, um, I'll talk at you later, man. Uh, that yeah, was- let me know if you want to come by on, on three guys on too. Cause we're, I mean, Randolph books people, but if you want to just come on, just tell us you want to come on. It's usually okay. Saturdays at like one or something. Yeah. I or know. You can just that's pop what- in for a minute. You know? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is I know, but my daughter isn't like, she's not like, go out and do something while daddy's in here. She's like, daddy, watch me, daddy, watch me. Oh yeah. 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 Um, yeah. but the flip is like Sundays, I'm all, I'm usually free on Sundays and then yeah. Rand, but Randolph is still, he's working. Like he hasn't stopped. Has he? he hasn't stopped. I think he has a kind of an arrangement with his family that Sunday is family Sunday's stuff. Family day. Yeah. He's, mm-hmm. he's pretty resistant to doing the podcast on Sundays anymore. Yeah. Um, that's what he was telling I me. I think, yeah, I think even before the pandemic, it was kind of like he only if he absolutely had to because mm-hmm. he was making plans. First of all, he was cha- he was coaching her basketball for a while, which was right. a lot of that was Sunday. Mm-hmm. Ava plays basketball. Uh, Teen now, where Sunday is like, yeah, Randolph was coaching for two seasons. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes it was Saturday, sometimes Sunday, but he was like the head coach, and I guess he would have been this year too, coming up. Hmm. But I think he just, that's his routine now. It's like Sunday is, even on Saturdays when it gets too late in the afternoon, he's like, yeah, I got to go. We, we got to wrap up. I got to go. He has taking plans now. Mm-hmm. They're all in the house. So 
<laughs> I mean, Amy wasn't working. She just got a job actually finally, but she wasn't working. So it was like, everyone's just at home all the time. So it was like, Ooh. go out and do shit, go out, take, take the daughter out, ride bikes, you know, whatever they got to, you know, do shit. So Sunday is like family day, I think for them. Oh, okay. Seems like it. Yeah. You know, you got to take it. You got to take that for yourself. <clears throat> I've been yeah. lucky because it's just me here, but I can't imagine having other people. Yeah, just... and like, and I know Ava's had some, Randolph said Ava's had some OCD issues. Like she had, I think they actually diagnosed it. I mean, it's just brought on by the pandemic, just kind of anxiety and really? worrying and, you know, shit like that. Yeah, so yeah, I, I imagine they're going to want to be more attentive with her in general, you know, because of that, you know, so mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not as easy to say, oh, go sit in your room while we, while I record a podcast yeah. and, and do another two hour podcast right after that. And you know, who cares if it runs late? Yeah. We're going to do on Sunday now too. So, you yeah. know, like he can't he probably doesn't want to do that. Cause you know, what's, the whole benefit of zoom is it's convenient. You don't have mm -hmm. to take up all your whole weekend for it. Yeah. That's why I've been trying to get some done with, um, did I close? I think I closed. I'll edit it in a way. And then I'll put a, yeah. a thing on the end of it. But um, yeah, I've been trying to get some stuff with, um, I was trying to do the thing with Dom, but he's, you know, I don't know if you've been checking him, <laughs> checking him out this week, but uh, he had a, uh, you know, he was sharing some things. And um, I saw that post. I saw it like a day later. Well, he, yeah, he posted about it, but he also went live and talked about it. And I was in the chat, like, you know, oh, telling, telling some jokes or whatever. I was like, um, you know, we, you know, we got your back or whatever. But yeah, man, he was really um, like sharing some stuff. So I don't know if he had just remembered it or if he was just kind of feeling it now or something like that. But I was like, I'll wait on the podcast. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, like like a lot of that stuff. Like I know he's he used to be in therapy a lot, and then he hadn't gone to therapy for a while. Yeah. But when he was in therapy a lot, he was talking about mental health a lot more mm -hmm. outside of therapy, like on uh, you know on social media and shit. Yeah. And I know recently, like I think him and his wife lined up a couples therapy thing. You know, just a video call. I bet. So I, I'm wondering if like just now he's back in that mindset of talking about mental health. And that's like a big thing on his mind. Cause whatever Dominic is in, he shares it with the world. I, I, I've <laughs> joked with him that his Instagram used to be like ESPN bodies in motion. Like that, yeah. that old show that used to come on. Like mm -hmm. it's just him, a bunch of clips of him with like kettlebells and yeah. And I was like, cause whatever you're into, you're like, everything's Heavy like a paragraph it. post of like, yeah, get out there and do it. Get up early, go move around. And then like when he's not into that, he's not talking about fitness whatsoever. Yeah. And uh, that's how we were when we so were talking whatever. We were talking about that podcast. It was like eight or nine texts back and forth, just, you know, ideas, <laughs> ideas, ideas, and then nothing. Yeah. So yeah. I think when I'm his like anxiety ramps up, his yeah. brain starts to go like a Manic. thousand miles an hour. Yeah. And then he just has a bunch of things he tries to all do at once. Yeah. And then he kind of gets that bottom part and comes back up and down. So I think a lot of times he'll, I'll talk to him on the phone. He'll be like, yeah, man. My anxiety has been like all, all over the place lately. And I'll be like, oh, okay. That kind of yeah. explains 
he's got to, he can't just sit with his anxiety. He's got to like let it out, you know? Mm-hmm. So get it. that's so, why it's hard for him to probably do a podcast on a set schedule every week. Yeah. He can't like, <laughs> if his mind's not right, he doesn't want to do it. He just yeah. can't, he can't fake it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I was going to do one about relationships with my friend and then I haven't talked to her in a while. I don't know if she forgot or I have to kind of give her a push too. But, um, and then me and Russ yeah. are going to do one soon. We have to, he keeps talking about making it the daddy cast. And I'm like, I don't want to do. <laughs> Tony Baker already has one called the daddy uh, podcast or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Daddy issues is what it's called. Well, I mean, that's Russ's. Russ's whole thing. He's he's got, he's got four, four kids. kids. Yeah, you can't beat identity, it. I guess. Yeah, but I have none, so I can't be like, "Welcome to the Daddy Cast." My daughter is with her mom. <laughs> right. So, Here's a picture of her. I mean, yeah. I'll blur the face out. I was uh, I was, I think I threw yeah. out the idea of trying to raise her, and then that way you can say daughter, and then we could talk about kids on one. Yeah. And then another episode yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. raise her. On this episode, we're talking about um, son. And then he talked yeah. about his son, and we talked about being sons. I think yeah. that's maybe I'll pitch him that again because he's more <laughs> he's more sensible than <laughs> <laughs> than Dom. <laughs> he's so. a good talker too. So you can if you pick a topic that he has you know some interest in. Yeah, you can just mm-hmm. run with it. Yeah, I have to be yeah, angry to be to talk about something. Yeah, because if I ain't yeah, interested. I can, same here. If, I, if I'm not interested, I mean, I can, I can be curious. Yeah. I can be like, I don't know what this, like Dominic is doing these 90 day fiance recap podcasts. Yeah. You know, we've only done one so far, but I don't watch 90 day fiance. I don't know anything about that show. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like him and Chris Allen and Kareen who all Chris Allen had never watched it, but he's watched it just because Dominic told him to. <laughs> so my role is just, okay, I'm going to sit off on the corner and be like, wait, what now? Yeah. Wait, who is that? Yeah pull up a screen share like this is the guy you're talking about and just like facilitate like a point guard like just facilitate the conversation yeah and just be curious about it but i i can't i have i have nothing to add to it like what am i gonna say i don't like reality shows yeah (laughs) have them tell you stuff but really they're they're telling the audience stuff (laughs) yeah and then people are in the chat who all watch it so they'll they're like telling me what oh that's so and so then like it, it works but it's like if I can be the curious guy who just asks questions. Like I can do that fine. Yeah. But it's like I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna watch the show or anything. He doesn't want me to watch the show. He wants me to actually not watch the show. Yeah. What is that? Then I can ask the questions because I can be like, who? Because they all know what they're talking about. They why all know the people, references. Why do people? I don't understand why people want you on the show. I think Randolph used to do that. He used to want me on the show and not know what was happening so I could talk. So he yeah. could tell me about it. I'm like, why don't I want to know what's going on so I can make jokes about it? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't like, I want to hear what you, I want you to hear it for the first time on the show. Yeah. Just I want to so set you, you up so I can talk a longer. Fresh response. <laughs> you can. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I think, I mean, sometimes that's good, but yeah, it's like it depends on the person. Like, some people. Yeah. like to prepare you know they don't like to be like blindsided yeah. by something yeah but um it's like yeah what i want don't 
I'm not going to tell you, but I'm going to bring something up. Just give me a second. And then it's like some heavy shit. And it's like, oh, I don't. Yeah. I'm uncomfortable. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> want to know this on here. I wanted to. Yeah. Can <laughs> I make a joke anything. about that? Yeah. Dominic talks about getting raped. It's like, can I, um, can I make a joke? <laughs> like, is, is this, this <laughs> is this, hmm. I mean, I got a good one if you want. I mean, I, yeah, I got one. Should I, you know, I don't want to be insensitive. <laughs> yeah. Because he'll make jokes about it. It's like, well, that means I can make jokes about yeah, it, right? Yeah, I'll wait on Maybe him not. to do it. I'll wait on him to do it, but I'm not going to yeah. But I, yeah. he said sexual assault before. I just never knew it was that, you know, serious. So, oh, yeah, he's, sure moral he's gotten pretty out. graphic once or twice. Yeah. Yeah, he, I think even once on Three Guys On, he got pretty graphic about it. He was just like, wow. You know, like just in that mood where he was open about it. He's just like, yeah, you know what? He made me suck his dick. And I'm like, oh. Wow. Um, but well, he was a little, like was he a little kid? He was a kid. He was like 11 or something. Wow. Maybe younger. It was, it was two different times. Like there was one time and another time with like two different abusers. Oh. For a period of time each. Oh, and man. And so once you get abused, it seems like you're more likely to get abused again because maybe the abuser can the new one can manipulate you because you're susceptible. Wow. So yeah, I mean, he's, it's, he's got like some, you know, they like, Oh, anxiety. I, I get why you have anxiety, you know? Yeah. I can imagine around with it, but yeah. Yeah. He's got some stories. His parents were like 15 when they had him. So they were like still Just, growing up themselves. They weren't yeah. necessarily handling it the way you want your parents to handle that when they find something out like that, if they even knew about it right away. Yeah. So, you know, he's got oh, problems man. with his parents now. Yeah. Because the dad won't accept his his uh his wife's daughter transitioned to son, so he has a trans mm-hmm. son. Yeah. His dad won't accept it, so he had to cut his dad out like a year ago. It's just like you know, well, you can't you can't be in my life anymore. So he's still got issues with his parents. I mean, his dad is like closer to Randolph's age. His dad's probably like 56, 57. Randolph's oh, yeah. like 51. Because Dom's about to turn 42. Yeah. 15 yeah. years. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So I was telling Dom, I was like, he's in his 50s, man. That's his problem. You can't yeah. fix that. Yeah. You know? But that's good on him to cut it off like that, though. I know it's probably hard, but that's your kid, man. Yeah. That's what I told him. I was like, you know, it's it's your dad's fault. It's not your fault. Yeah. You know, he yeah, he forfeited you. his he forfeited his access to you by he was like throwing shady shit, saying she instead of he's making little snide comments. Yeah. You know, obviously they had a problem with this. I was like, told Dominic, I was like, fuck him. Yeah. He forfeited. That's that's his problem. You can't fix it. You yeah. Know? It's better for everybody. From. Much better, yeah. Especially, especially them, his daughter. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, why would you expose, why would you expose the kid to that? Why would you expose the father to that? If yeah. neither one of them want to be around that, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, he's got a lot. He's got a lot of shit. Sheesh, man! I, <laughs> Every day something. I didn't realize. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he's All right, got man. Like, uh, 
<laughs> stories. So, stories. all right. Yeah. Let me know when he posts this or just tag me. I'll, I'll retweet it. Um, I'm going to try to get it, it up. For you guys on account and all that shit. I, I got to go into work tomorrow, so I won't be able to do it early tomorrow morning. I'm trying to, I'll try to get it up tomorrow afternoon. If not, then Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Just, Cause then we don't, we don't have a Thursday episode this week for three guys on. Okay. Cool. Cause we just recorded, put the Monday on for Thursday for the freeloaders, but we didn't record two. So I'll just, uh, if it goes up Thursday, I'll just tweet it for three guys on account, like new, new content, you know, for the okay. people who didn't get two episodes this week. So. All right. Then I will make it Thursday. And then hopefully cool. if Dom puts ours out <laughs> on Friday, <laughs> when that happens. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Unless he puts ours out Friday because I'm recording with a Thursday. Who oh knows? yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Who knows? All right, man. <clears throat> so, I right, will cool. talk to you later. later. <laughs> All right. And that was my buddy, Andy Klein. Andy can be heard on the Three Guys On podcast, my old podcast, who which I do every now and then. You can be heard on Podbean, um, iTunes, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, Andy's album, uh, Vintage, is out on iTunes as well, Spotify. Uh, I believe it's on YouTube also, so check it out. Um, everything else is kosher. Everything else is good. I want to say hello to Japan, my members in Japan, people listening to me in Great Britain. Hello, UK. How are you? Um, people listening to me in Canada. Hey, what's up, Canada? What's going on with you? How you feeling? You doing good? So look, man, when y'all gonna open them borders up, man? Hey, 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 Canada, when y'all gonna open them borders up, man? You know, you got some bros out here trying to get over there. We're trying to get over there, you know. Check out my Comedy Central uh, clip on YouTube where I talk about this very issue of Blacks going blacks black people going to canada we want to go there man i need okay i need i think i need two more white i need new zealand i think new zealand is the place all right that's where i'm moving to if, if shit goes down in november new zealand is the spot so i need some listeners from new zealand within the next month and a half two months and Australia. Australia, it's not my first choice, okay? Not my first choice, but I'll go there if need be. I'll stay on an island full of criminals. I don't give a shit. I will go there. Um, look, man, I appreciate y'all listening. This podcast is going up this week. Thank you all. Have a good day.